2: in three,
4: two, one. In school, it's just not encouraged We're crying out for young people to do apprenticeships What you
2: need to do is be on my side Every time that it happens, we have to talk about
3: how the good men feel They
4: sent me on for psychiatric assessment and they said that the thing that's going to fix it is
3: housing we're the one for Cork and ready to talk. Can we
2: just talk? Call 818 96 96 96.
3: Extra WhatsApp 83 396 96 96.
2: Email opinion at 96FM.ie.
3: The lines are live. Let's kickstart the conversation. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Cork's 96FM. Nice
5: to know, or maybe not very nice to know, that while I was away, the bottomless pit of stupidity in which so much of our administration lives in this country, nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. I mean, give me a break. That story in Shadani, I'll come back to it in a minute. I was coming in this morning, listening to the morning news in the car. Vic was reading the news, and I was screaming. Absolute! I said what the hell is going on A brilliant idea Brilliant idea like beach wheelchairs If you've ever seen them You know how fabulous they are for people who need them um, But look It is what it is Well it is what it is here Some kind of utter Comfoolery happening below In, in, in West Cork with regards to these things I'll, I'll come back to it Good morning Hello. Thank you to Fiona for the last two and a bit weeks. Yes, I've come back. I've been away in the sunshine for the last couple of weeks, just relaxing and taking it handy. You might have seen my Instagram. I can't wait to get back to the same place again next year. But I had a wonderful time, wonderful rest, great time with friends and family. And I'm back, uh, live and dangerous. <laughs> or so they say. Uh, 0818 96 96 96. Yeah, Gerald D was on the show yesterday about the beach wheelchairs. I, I, I just don't get... Uh, thanks for that. I, I just don't get the... The stupidity involved in one we hearing in the news this morning. Um, I might have a little, little rant about it in a while. Didn't we say that Ekin Sue would win um, Love Island? I don't know nothing about the fellow who won it, but we were watching her from the start. Anyway, where are we going? Oh yes, uh, speaking of wheelchairs, and uh, beach wheelchairs are one thing, but if you're waiting for a wheelchair or your child is waiting for a wheelchair, the system is just as painfully slow as ever. I talk to Susan Beecher now. Susan, good morning to you. Hi, good morning. i love to, love you to have you with, you, uh, with us on the programme. Talk to me about Scarlett and her wheelchair.
1: So, just like many others around the country, Scarlett is waiting a long, long time for a new wheelchair. Um, it was flagged in September 2020. And as you can guess now, we're in August 2022. Um, Two it, years. It's an absolute horrendous joke. Um, the whole system's failed. Um, yeah, so it, like it was first flagged back then. Um, we it, it took a, a, a couple of emails. I kept saying it before this uh, disability sector split. Um, the system was broken before the split. So it's not, they can't blame that. They can't blame COVID. They've blamed everything and anything. Um, it's just not right anymore. Um, so Scarlett had her first seating assessment for her new chair on June 1st, 2021. Right. Right. So that, that's giving you another bit of a heads up. Um, how,
5: how old is she? She's 13.
1: She's 13. So
5: her. So this her would be she's her fourth. developing constantly.
1: Yes, exactly. um, like i'm five one she's now five two, right. um when we measured her lately, uh in a uh student physio session because girls' not entitled to h s c physio either, which is a whole other story. Why not? uh they they just don't give it to them, um they look after a child until they are a school age. And then once they're eight, they call it maintenance.
5: as true. result all so goes it, away, then doesn't it, Susan? It, it all completely, goes <laughs> completely, completely. I mean, they think it's all gone. They think they don't have any problems anymore.
1: Exactly. That's it. Like her, her condition. She's cerebral palsy. She's going to have it for life. Yeah. You know, it, it's not going to go away. Her brother is ASD. He's another situation. He hasn't even had early intervention. But um, you know, so it, it's you know, it's it's broken on all angles. Yeah. Um, but Scarlett's wheelchair. She we have no OT. We had our meeting June. We had the assessment June first last year. We had a meeting with her team last May June uh, May twenty first uh, May twenty one. Um, we then lost that team. Um, we lost the OT on that team, and it took months of emailing to find out that that uh, OT had left her team. Um, So I kept trying to follow up, you know, what's happening, when are we meeting a a company about a wheelchair, when, you know, what's going on and no, no follow up. So eventually in August 21, um, I got an email back, I'm no longer on your team. So I had no one to follow up with. So you ring, uh, you ring the sector she's under and you're put on to the receptionist, we'll get someone to ring you back. They don't ring back. Mm
6: hmm.
1: So I lodged a complaint in October saying, you know, I've no one to talk to. I don't even know who's on her team. Again, I still don't know who's on her team fully either. Um, So I eventually got a new OT in November last year. Uh, Yeah, so that still didn't even work properly. Um, So it was all phone calls and she was fantastic over the phone. And then when we were due to meet a rep in... December last year, or no, January last year, um, she was a close contact, close contact, so it had to be a a video call. So myself, Scarlett and Daddy were in the room with the rep and the OT was on the phone. Um, So we agreed on that chair, it was actually December. In January then, we met, um, because she's getting a full power chair, she needs a backup chair uh, for if it breaks down. Mm -hmm. So we met the company again, and this time the OT was there, but to find out she was pregnant and she was going on maternity leave soon, oh which you know, you know, that's that fine, happens. but it's not your it's fault like.
5: exactly. It's
1: not your that's fault. life. That happened. So,
5: so, so, so you say, right? Well, who's take, taking over? Well, actually, nobody. No one.
1: <laughs> no one. So the person we have been put in contact with doesn't always reply, and um, so it came to a matter of. You know, I was calling it unsafe. Uh, it was unsafe. It was seen as unsafe. But they still weren't doing anything about it. Um, so this is a grown child who's had this wheelchair since she was eight years of age. Now 13. A f- almost fully grown adult. Mm-hmm. And in a child's chair. In a child's chair. So it's small. Um, I see that so you sent
5: some photos. Actually, The poor child looks like she's dead yeah. into
1: it. Oh, she is. Yeah, yeah. The the metal bars were into her hurt the her legs. Um so in October, in March uh an engineer came out to her school. She goes to a special school. Mm-hmm. Um now the school are used to people calling so they kind of went with it. And what I I never found out what actually happened during that session. Um so during uh they ordered a part. So that's all they told me they ordered a part and they were doing something about her wheels her tyres were bald so they had to order new tyres too um, so we were waiting for that part to come and they changed the tyres miraculously they changed the tyres a day we were going protesting in City Hall uh, mm. Yeah. so we, we'd done a couple of protests in, in court. yeah you're part of uh, the a Fuss movement
5: aren't you Susan yeah, yeah,
1: exactly yeah, yeah. Um, South South Ireland and we are then miraculously came back to the school and changed her tyres the day we were going, handing Lee Hall Martin a letter. Couldn't um,
5: possibly be a coincidence. Couldn't possibly, no?
1: Exactly, that's it. You know what? Suddenly, here I was going to show him exactly what my child was sitting in, and her tyres were changed. Yeah.
5: So now she's got new um, tyres, but she'll bet into the blasted chair.
1: Exactly, that's it. my um, child. So, it must hurt her, does it? It does, yeah, and it, it it does upset her, you know. And but she's such a happy child; she likes to well, get I on. No, I mean physically, Susan. Physically, yeah. Oh no, it hurts her, but like, you you don't see it because she's so enthusiastic about sure, what sure, she's sure. doing. But so, then, it's once she comes home, so, you can see it, so and you you can see it physically and mentally in her.
5: Let's let's go through this for people, okay? Yeah. So, she was to- you, you, September of twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. It was agreed that Scarlett needed a new chair. Yes. June of 2021, which is bizarre anyway. You had your yeah. first consultation about this new chair.
0: Mhm.
5: This is the third of August 2022. Yep. Yeah. And there's still no chair.
1: Exactly. And three weeks ago, it was con- it, it was officially condemned by an OT. Um, the engineer came out to fix that part. And there were two engineers there and they kind of nodded at each other saying, no, it can't be done. So I said, what do you mean it can't be done? We've now, whatever you were waiting for, it took four months to get. And they said, yeah, said, it just can't be fixed. So in protest, I arrived over to Corheen in Enable Ireland is where her services are. Mm. And I said, I refuse to move until someone meets me. I tried to ring to lodge the complaint first and I was told they will pass on my message. And I said, I'm not happy with that. And we happened to be in the area, so I drove out there and I said, I refuse to move here until I meet someone. So I did. Good for you. And during that uh, meeting, it was seen that the wheel was actually about to fall off the chair. Oh, 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 God. Now, this is a child in a power chair and the wheel was actually, it was actually the joint that was holding the wheel was what was wrong.
5: Presum- and she... Presumably they can fix that?
1: No, it would have to be a whole new wheel. Which would cost two and a half thousand per wheel to fix the wheel of the power chair to get a new wheel. Two yeah, and so a, a half a thousand
5: per wheel.
1: Yeah, would be and and fixing a chair that shouldn't be fixed because it shouldn't be working. If we were a car, we'd be off the road. You know, they're not maintained. You know, the the HSC employ a certain company to maintain it, and they're not qualified to maintain the particular chair she was in.
5: She got the chair when she was eight. Yes. She's now thirteen. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. She's grown out of it. She's bent into it. It's broken. Yep. What's this thing as well about the the chair comes from one source and the battery comes from another?
1: Yeah. Her new her new chair she's getting um, for some reason it's it's the HSE only like a certain company. Right. We'll only provide the money for a certain company.
5: Well, so that happens, we, I suppose.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, but at the same time, it used to be a certain company in Cork and it was uh, personalised, um, well, not personalised, uh, it was built around the child. Yeah, yeah. And That's she's great. had three chairs from this company. Yeah. But now suddenly, the HC only wants the chair bought for a certain company. But the for some reason this time they were able to get the power base from the company that the HC want to buy it off but because Garland needs a certain type of chair, she is getting it made from the other company. Okay. But the other company can't build it until the battery pack is here. Mm-hmm. Until the power base is here. Because they need to know how they're going to connect the seat.
5: Sure. Wouldn't an email to the company providing the power pack. Yeah. They could send the specs of the power pack over.
1: Yeah. And we were supposed to have that appointment yesterday morning for her first fitting to build a seat uh, yesterday morning at 10 o'clock. And I got an email on Friday at half past four to say because they have not received the uh, base, because they have not received any information, they have to cancel the appointment. Ah,
5: Susan. Ah, God. No. And when you go and tell her that there's another delay, how does she handle it?
1: She is very upset, um, very, very upset, especially yesterday when she knew she wasn't going for the appointment. She is due to have respite, a day respite, in a couple of days. And it would be the first day they're back off holiday, so i have no one to contact to tell them all this. And she's very worried that she won't be allowed to go in this adult wheelchair because it's not hers. She needs to be sitting in the perf in in the proper seating. Yeah. She needs to have her feet seat, seat molded for her. her. Yeah, yeah. They they do all the checks before um she's allowed to go in. And all she wants to do it's her play date. Respite is her play date. It's the only time she's not with me and not in school. She doesn't get invited places. She doesn't go places unless I'm there. And she hasn't been to a birthday party in years. This is her day out. This is her away from mommy time. And she's worried that she's not going to be able to. You know, like, it, it's, it, it affects everything. It's how, a knock-all effect. How
5: do you calm, Susan? You're surprisingly calm.
1: <laughs> All I want to do is cry right now. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm calm, uh, but it, I'm not... You know, like know. It, it's very frustrating, very upsetting.
5: You've um, you messaged us, you've messaged Anne Rabbit, and you've messaged the Taoiseach. I, I would yeah. strongly suggest we're the only ones who came back to you.
1: Ye are, ye yeah, are. And, them. you know, I met Anne Rabbit and Michal Martin at an event a couple of weeks ago, it's and they, they were the pictures I sent. Yeah. I had not publicly sent those pictures out because I didn't want to. And they on, on the day um, one of the pictures... People have come back saying she looks very shocked. And I said I'd love to know what I said just before that picture was taken. It was Mihal Martin's secretary who took the picture, so she just clicked. But I, she looked shocked at whatever I'd said to her at the time. I, ha- I was told by the two of them, you have picture proof that you've met us, and we will come back to you. I've not heard from them.
5: I don't know what to say to you. Yeah. I'm looking at a timeline here, I am looking at this just, I mean I'm just back from Spain Susan. Yeah. And I tell you this now, this crap wouldn't be tolerated over there.
1: It's not. It would not be tolerated. We're the only country that accepts this and it's happening all over the country. Scarlet is not the only case in the exact same position. There's another child up in Wexford I've heard since I've started publicly speaking about this and it's absolutely brutal shocking that we've all had to come public about how bad the services are
5: just nonsense. to be heard
1: and we're not being heard either.
5: This is, this is nonsense this is just such nonsense
1: Yeah and and, and it's it's just falling on deaf ears they don't want to listen, they don't want to take it on. You know I'm, I'm completely lost, like I have my three children at home, uh, one with a physical disability, I have a middle child, and then the youngest has ASD, and my husband works. I'm on my own with the three of them, only with the help of my mother a lot of the time, I you're, can't
5: go places. You're looking at your little girl, your beautiful little girl, trying to grow up, there she is in front of you, trying to grow up as best she can. And yeah. she has to live through this crack.
1: Yeah, Exactly.
5: Here's another comment that's just come in, and it, I'm sure it's probably crossed your mind. PG, unfortunately, when the child does get her chair, she'll already be outgrowing it because when she eventually gets measured, it'll take so long to get it, she'll have grown out of it then.
1: Exactly, those measurements that were done last year are definitely well over. Yeah. Um, she was definitely four, four foot something.
5: So she'll have to be measured again. She's in she'll her, she's be, thirteen. Yeah. She's in her puberty growth spurt. You know exactly. So exactly. she needs to be she'll need to be measured again before they can send off that the other
1: yeah, but the the idea of her seat now is it, it will be a molded seat, it will be built for her as it should be but all the measurements they have done back are, then are out of date. are long gone, yeah, long gone uh,
5: Susan, I don't know what to say to you, but thank you for talking to me.
1: Thank you so much for giving me the time
5: and if you hear any more, let us know and I wasn't at all surprised that of the three. That you addressed your messages to. We were the only ones that got back. So you'll be, yeah. you'll be pushing an open door here whenever you need it. Thank you so much. Cheers, Susan. Good. Cheers. Thanks. Oh, my God. Gets a wheelchair when she's eight. Now she's 13. She's grown out of it. She's bent into it. It's hurting her to sit in her bloody wheelchair. And they're fluting around with it since September of 2020 try and get the poor child a new one and that would not be tolerated it simply wouldn't be tolerated anywhere else in the world I mean the wheelchair story in the news is just another element of it like this is the story from Inchidani which I know um, they were talking about it yesterday on the program before I got back but like this idea, the two beach wheelchairs for Inchidani, they're brilliant things if you've never seen them, they're brilliant things they can't be used because they can't be stored safely overnight. That's fine. need a safe place to put them. They can't be put in the lifeguard hut. Why, one might ask. Can't put up a temporary storage hut without planning permission. Again, why, one might ask. In Shidani Lodge and Spa, the hotel, is even pledging its support to getting this thing in. Like, could the county council... Or anybody in there, you No, know, we're, we're waiting, the newsroom's waiting on comment, Could they not have the brains between the whole lot of them to buy a flipping barn, a shed? A barn, a shed with a padlock. Oh, dear God, almighty lads, I, I don't know, I, I, I despair sometimes. I really, really do. Right, voting's closed now. I'm reminded to tell you for the Cork's 96FM Best of Cork Awards, all the voting was going on while I was away. The winners announced next Tuesday, 9th August. There's also a 5,000 euro media campaign from Cork's 96FM up for grabs. Steady stay now to find out if your favourite has won. I saw the nominations come up while I was away, some good ones in there. I don't fancy the choice. The Best of Cork Awards with localheroes.ie your place to find trusted gas boiler installers, plumbers, electricians and much more only on Corks 96 FM. Wayne Hilton.
2: Wayne Hilton. The on Corks 96 FM.
0: Join me Saturday mornings from 10. I've got four hours of the best music mix. Check out the Cork Weekend Survey. Have a go at the Wayne Teaser question. There's the latest celebrity gossip. A look at what's happening around town. And we'll keep you up to date with all your essential Cork news.
2: Wayne Hilton. Saturdays, 10 a.m. With CarMax Used Car Supermarket. Dublin Road for Moy. Great deals on hundreds of cars. Just a short drive from the tunnel. Visit carmax.ie.
3: On Corks. 96 FM.
5: Right, um, Shandon Clock, the four-faced liar, um, is not going to be lying on any of its faces for a while, which uh, Colin, tell me more. Shandon
0: Uh, Clock uh, stopped. Yeah, PJ, welcome back from holidays. Thank you, thank you. And uh, last Wednesday, I spotted the clocks on the exact same time frame, and it's all stopped in all four corners.
5: Well, the four corners showing the same time is strange in itself. Anyway,
0: no, but it's actually stopped on the same time frame on each side. Yes, and it's been like that since over a week. Right. right. So I, I don't know how we could do it, or your your team would try and get someone up there to fix them if there's a mechan, mechanism gone. Well,
5: we could find out what's going on for a start. I, I who I assume it's the council looks after it.
0: I I don't know, but but also PJ, like even around that area, there there needs to be some funding put into that area. Yeah, yeah. Because from Norm, no, there's no chemists in um, Normain Street or Shandon Street, open on a Sunday.
5: Yes, I heard that before.
0: It's, it's Blackpool you have to go to.
5: Yes, 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 yes. But the clock's
0: been stopped for a week. Oh, I, I spotted it last Wednesday.
5: Okay, okay. And you don't know, was there any, there was no announcement of anyone saying that it's closed for maintenance or stopped for maintenance or anything like
0: that? I, I've checked with Shandon itself and they say the only noticed it four days after I noticed it.
5: Get away? Yeah. This is the, up in the, the the people who do the, and the lovely people who do the tour up around the steeple and all that and they show you the best They only noticed it after you told them? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I, I'm assuming it's the council that's in, responsible for that.
0: But wait, if it's the council, then uh, PJ, you know, they're going to say, oh, it's going to cost hundreds thousands yeah. to fix it and all that shenanigan.
5: Yeah, or maybe it's the church. It's, I think it's the get ch- The council, we're, we're just trying to figure it out here. Uh, the council just gives the odd grant, I think, towards whoever is supposed to maintain it. Uh, to keep the clock going okay, okay see if anyone knows any more about that Colin, thank you very much for that uh, the four-faced liar is closed or stopped for the last week, says says Colin um, no one seems to know why I remember a great April Fool's joke that was played, I think we did it here was it we did it or did it turn up on the front page of one of the papers uh, a few years ago, I think we did it that th- the four faces of Shandon were to be replaced with digital clocks. <laughs> People nearly lost the will to live on an April Fool's morning when someone said that. But Shandon clock has been stopped for a week. And no one seems to know why or what will be done about it. Or even who's supposed to mind, to, to, to mind it. Thank you, Colin. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. if anyone can help us with that. Um... Yeah, This is another story that I was kind of keeping a half eye to while it was away. This is the letter that Sabina Higgins, Michael D's wife, wrote to the Irish Times about the war in Ukraine and just said that, in her own view, it should be solved through peace talks, which is very sensible, I would have thought. It's a holy murder now because it turned up on the President's own website. And last night Mrs. Higgins had to issue a statement saying that it was to go on her section and now she's taking it down. She wrote a letter to the paper as a private citizen, wife of the president and look, her her, her, your, her views you will agree with are not as you will or you won't. That's just how it is. John says, Sabina should not interfere in business that's associated with the president or his official account. It's not her place. By all means, she should consider doing it as a private citizen on their own private account, well, she wrote to the Irish Times, and then because people wanted to see it, she put it up on the website where she has her own section for her own individual activities. Thank you. 0818 96, 96, 96. Now uh, we were that's John Michael Hula. Michael is in Carrigaline. Michael, good morning to you.
7: How are you PJ? How are things?
5: Good sir, good sir. Had quite a, a long message from you with with a story to tell. Sum it up for me if you can.
7: Basically, uh, I'm basically going to sum up the housing crisis in just basically in about five or ten minutes if <laughs> that's the best way I can do it. Drive on. But, uh, basically, myself and my wife are finding ourselves uh, not far off becoming homeless with two kids because um, our landlays Selling her house, which we, of course she's more than entitled to do. So we basically have to find new accommodation by October. By the sounds of it, okay, but it's not. But I just want to highlight the fact is like there's thousands of us out around the country that are in this mm. so-called middle. Yeah. if that makes sense.
5: It started in 2018 when you moved from Galway. Moved,
7: yes. Yeah, we moved from Galway. I'm from from Cork and ourselves, from my partner and my wife actually, you know, is from Galway. And we said we couldn't get steady work up there with the way the recession still wasn't ending as fast, so much, so much as Cork was, especially in the construction sector. So basically we decided to move ourselves and our family from Galway to Cork, mm-hmm. which at first was good. Everything went well, we got work straight away. You know, we've been working since, basically. Um, but it's just finding harder and harder to find secure accommodation. It seems to be our, our biggest issue at the moment here. Yeah. And we've moved from, uh, like I said, my parents will work in child to which cons- will be considered a considerably good job. Mm. And I work for um, a med-, med device company, which I'm not going to name on here right, okay. for obvious media reasons. Good job. And, uh, it, it, and it's considered a good job. Mm. But where, where we're faced is we're thinking we've two good jobs, but. We can't buy a house. We can't afford the rents that are that 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 are that keep creeping. I don't even say creeping up. They're not creeping up. They're they're leaping. Mm -hmm. Houses are going from that were one six hundred a month. No, you're looking at them. They're two thousand euro a month. And then you're 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 like, oh my god, what do I do? The -hmm. next choice is let's try and buy a house. So then we 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 went to a mortgage advisor and they told us yes, we 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 do qualify for a mortgage. But well, we're looking at tomorrow, which we qualify for. But there's no houses out there for that price, within a reasonable distance of where we work, where our kids go to school, where we, you know, you know, where our family, right? where where my family is more so now, because obviously my partner is in in Galway. Mm. And it's just kind of just highlighting, just that's it. I'm just here to highlight the fact that not just us there's there's thousands of people in this same situation it's it's, it's kind of gone out of control to be honest you sent me some of the rents um, like the minimum I've seen in Caragallion at the moment is 2,000 euro a month
5: that's in Climony Uh,
7: yeah yeah and uh, you could guarantee there will be a lot of viewers on the day and look at the end of the day I, I know these houses these houses are not worth this money, they're not even worth half that. If that makes sense, it does, on a of mortgage. It sense. Or, or, or rent, it's just they're they're not worth it. They're they're they're, they're boom built houses, and
5: but it doesn't but, it doesn't matter. You see, this this yeah. is the point, Michael. It, it, yeah. it doesn't actually matter if it was a palace adorned yeah. with marble and gold. Of course, two thousand a month for, I assume, the three bedroom semi. Just bunkers. I need another one in Castle Heights. I lived in Carrigline for a number of years, so I know the area well. Yeah, a two and a half grand.
7: It, 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 it's 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 extortions. That that's even that that's more than what they cost to buy. Yeah, a lot more than what they cost to buy. I remember the when the mortgages were put out there because I actually worked in a few of those houses before I changed careers. Yeah, so I know I know I know quite a lot about those estates and the newer estates there. And then we said, okay, we went to our mortgage advisor and he said, you need to come up with, um, you need to come up with about $10,000 to $15,000, which is fine if we, if we have the option to be living at home or if we could find, you know, yeah. like, cheaper accommodation just to give us the, the breathing space to be able to save this this,
5: this money. This is the squeeze that every, that we'd hear about so much. So here yeah. you are. Yes, two good jobs. Great. The rents are ridiculous. So exactly. you might be able to service the rent, great, but how the hell are you supposed to put aside money to save at the same at the same time?
7: You oh, still have exactly. to eat, uh, and the cost of everything else is going up along with it. As you know, what look, I won't fare off there because you know we're not talking about that today. Obviously, I know, yeah, yeah. Um, and then we looked at the mortgage, and we looked at the next new phase. the house has been built in lane and the, there's three beds three-bed terrace house is going to start at $380,000. What? 380000 for a three-bed terrace house in Cargilline.
6: You
7: know, it. And, it's, and I, I'm wondering what, what, what jobs you need to actually get, you can get a mortgage for this. Because of your good jobs, there's no support so there what, for you. I, once upon a time, I would have considered them good jobs. But I, when when you can't survive on on a good job, then it's not a good job anymore.
5: This is true, too. Yeah. What, what I'm getting at is, with two what used to be known as good jobs, yeah, you can't get your hands on a mortgage, and the rents are utterly ridiculous. What are you going to do, Michael? Because I know you've you said to me October I, I, is your deadline. I don't deadline.
7: know. I, I'm, I'm working very closely with a with, with, um, uh, um, a councillor at the moment from the Cargoline area and he's he, he, he tries his best for us to try and get us our best advice but I'm looking at all the schemes and there's the first time buyer's loan which is fantastic obviously you know but mm. there's nowhere in Caroline that we can actually buy that with with that I think yeah. the closest place is Killa that's, yeah. that's a good good bit out you know
5: yeah and with um, the price with the price of petrol you're commuting up and down from Killa course, would cost you would, would cost you an absolute fortune
7: yeah, and and for herself because you know, and then you'd have to take you know children out of school, which which is obviously it's emotionally that's emotionally damaging for them because they're at that they're at a unique age. So there's all that, but then there's also it's like it's kind of the case where even why why can't we extend say, these these schemes to older houses? Yes, like there has to be why does it have to be a brand new house? Why can't it be the house that uh, there's a house a cottage in Ring of Skiddy that's two hundred thousand.
5: And if we can
7: qualify for a mortgage for, say, 280,000, we could, you know, relatively, like, just hypothetically, we say, we could buy this house, we could put 80,000 into this house, we could pay this back nice and comfortably. It's a no-brainer. And, but sadly, that's just not the reality of it. It, um, You know, it's, 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 it's frustrating, very frustrating.
5: So what are you going to do when you're under pressure now in October? I mean, um,
7: I don't know, annoying the auctioneers, annoying every councillor, <laughs> do, do everything I possibly can, put yeah. up notices, just just do it, just avoid avoid homelessness really, that's, that's, that's yeah. all I going to do. Well,
5: I wish you well with that.
7: Yeah, thank you very much.
5: I wish you well with that and I hope that something comes into place for you, because you sound like decent, hard-working people who just want to get a, a foot on the ladder. Michael, thanks. All the best to yourself and and your wife. Two decent jobs and they can't get their hands on a a home. Uh, Yeah, we had this situation where Shandon Clock is stopped. Robert was on, he said, the clock was fixed about eight years ago by a man with the name of Stoke. They used to own the bridge restaurant on Patrick Street. On the corner there, the old bridge. I see. I see. Uh, They have the clock place on McCourtney Street. Ah, now I know who the people you have. Now I know the people you have. Yeah, yeah, near Hillbillies there on on McCourtney Street, just around the corner from us. It seems one face of the clock was decommissioned to prevent further damage. Interesting to find out more about that, wouldn't it? 0818 96, 96 96 On the story of Scarlett's wheelchair, we'll get to Antonette's comment in just a wee while. 0818 96
3: 96 96. Like I said, where am I going? Let me show you what it's all about. Simon Murdoch and the best music mix
2: weekdays from midday on Corks 96 FM. All the big tunes to fly you through your
0: afternoon in Cork. Brilliant giveaways, top prizes, and you for a bit of a chat. Like what TV shows you're binging on? Sorry. Oh, me and my son, we are we are, we are really really hooked on this now. And what would you do if you won the Euro Millions? Maybe a Ferrari
3: for driving around Barbados. That'd be nice, wouldn't it?
0: In the car at work, in the kitchen, in the afternoon. Make sure you're with me. Penny.
3: Show you what it's all about Check it out Simon Murdoch Midday to 4pm
2: With Sky VIP At Sky, everyone's a VIP Visit the VIP section of the My Sky app To discover
3: your rewards On Cork's 96FM Hi Tricia in London
5: uh, Listening there in London Trisha and I have a mutual friend Who is living in Kensington and is paying nothing near, nothing near what has been demanded um, of of people like like Michael and his, and his partner. It's absolutely cracked. I was looking at the um, price of petrol and diesel while I was away, as I promised I would. I was in the capital of um, Tenerife last weekend, a place called Santa Cruz, and the. Price of petrol there that I spotted on a, you know, the signs, they have the same signs there outside the garages. So petrol was 162.9, struck 163. Diesel was 175 per litre, which is high even for that part of the world. But pe- Petrol around town this morning was coming in. Some of them have dropped below €2. Euro. Some of them are still around €2. Euro. Uh, also coming into the winter we know that the gas did, did I hear of another flipping price hike for gas as we come into autumn next month and, and then winter after it another price hike for gas did I also hear, I know, I know I did that board Gash made a profit, a quite tasty profit in the middle of all of this and sure their owners are a British company, Centrica And they made a colossal profit and still they put the prices up. Michael O'Connell contacted the Opinion Line with some ideas about what we might be doing if we had our heads screwed on here. Michael, good morning.
8: Good morning, TJ, and welcome back from your holiday.
5: Thank you, sir. You say we've got 150 trillion cubic feet of gas. That's a lot of gas. Where?
8: It's down off the Irish coast, off the Cork coast. It's the the Barry Raw. A prospect. You know, it's the biggest hydrocarbon um, field uh, in all of Europe. Um, It will solve our problems on two phases. It'll stabilize prices because it can be capped. And secondly, it will give us energy security. And energy security is the main problem. I mean, if you look at the business section of the examiner today, gas prices for December double in 10 weeks. Uh, the market is, uh, is already uh, taken into account that Russia will stop all supplies of gas. And this is going to cause an unmerciful shortage. And here are we sitting on a huge field of oil and gas. And the Green Party will not issue a license. It has no problem. I mean, this is the crazy paradox. It has no problem in us paying $8 billion a year for fossil fuels. And here we are with our own reserves, badly needed, urgently needed, and it won't allow us to utilize our own energy.
5: Mm. We are in a time, though, aren't we, Michael, where it's reducing our dependence on this stuff we need to be.
8: I 100% agree with you, but it's the transition. We're not ready. And the unfortunate war has created a new landscape. Yeah. I may, mean, if you look at Germany, they already um, have declared an era of austerity. Their foreign minister, Annalena Baerbock, I may, mean, she has admitted that shortage of natural gas this winter could spark popular uprisings. I mean, this is unprecedented. And we have this reserve on our doorstep.
5: Might I ask you your own background Michael that gives you such knowledge of this?
8: My own background? Well I tell you, you know, I've always been involved in, in business. Uh, I was the first to bring Adidas into Ireland. Ah, okay. I, ran, I ran the company for 30 years. Ah, now, I know.
5: Well, now I know who I'm talking to. Now oh, I know who I'm talking to. A man with a good solid business head in his shoulders. So we've got, like, like you say, they're they're afraid of protests in the street in Germany. You can imagine how people will feel if they can't afford to heat their homes in the middle of winter, and they're deciding whether to heat or eat. And we have absolutely fr- now. Now, admittedly, if you were to go out there tomorrow and grant a license, you wouldn't have it in. For several you know,
8: but, years. It, but, it, 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 but it is going in the right direction. Yes. You know, then we can, you know, we're in the position to barter then and get our supplies. Because already we are looking at rationing, you know, air grid that manages electricity transmissions. Indeed. They, they, they have ceased to supply any new data centers in Dublin. Mm. And um, we have already lost out a new data center is going to Denmark, Holland and Belgium. Mm -hmm. And our IDA chief, Martin Shanahan, he stated that with such electricity rationing, there is every reason to believe that global technology firms will move out of Ireland.
5: Mm. Now, we're also the only, you say in your communication to us, the only EU member state with a coastline that doesn't have a terminal for storing gas.
8: Which is crazy, you know, um, the EU, through its RE power plan, offered 40% grants for the construction of these liquefied gas terminals. Again, it was blocked by the Green Party, which is, you know, it's, it it's is bordering on criminality. Well, hold on a while. No,
5: it's, it's, blocked. Um, the, the Greens are an element of government. So, you know, th- these would be cabinet decisions, one would expect.
8: Yes, but unfortunately, the Greens can hold the government down. You know, they're in that same strong position and everyone wants to hold on to power. Yeah. You know, it's the unfortunate thing. And you see, all this was documented um, five months ago by the Sunday Times yes. business section.
5: I remember reading it, it
8: yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it, it warned us about that we're freewheeling into a possible energy crisis. And it is, you know, it's more than a possibility. It is a highly probable at the moment. You know, we're dependent on, on um, gas coming from Scotland. But if... Um, I know hopefully the British government keeps supplying it. Well, we've
5: discussed this before, Michael. Yes, we have the gas coming in from Scotland, which ensures stability of supply, even if it doesn't secure cost. But sure, if if Germany is cut off by Russia, which it may well be, then you end up with Germany buying every drop of gas it can get its hands on.
8: I couldn't agree with you more. you know... Yeah, the price will go up, but what's even worse, um, we mightn't even have supplies. And can you imagine going into work in the morning not being able to turn on your lights?
5: Because there won't be electricity generated, because the gas is generate electricity. I
8: mean, energy is the lifeblood of the economy. Without it, civilization ceases. And. um, we are facing this incredible situation. Now,
5: now, Michael, you and I would be accused, I know people are will, will accuse us of scaremongering when we talk like this.
8: It, it, it isn't scaremongering. It is happening. We, no one could foresee this war. But we have done nothing in the interim. Instead of having in these um, gas terminals and building up storage, we didn't do it. Yes. and Sean Kelly, our MEP, said Ireland would be mad not to do it
5: Yes, but we are mad, we didn't do it Yeah, um, it, yeah. You, you state again in your long mail to us Ireland would be mad, this is according to Sean Kelly Ireland would be mad not to build an LNG, Liquefied natural Gas Terminal in the Shannon Estuary and you say that there'd have been good money coming from the EU to support that build but the development yeah. was blocked Because the possibility that it might come from fracking. Now, we know fracking, gas from fracking is to be avoided if we can. Sure. If we can.
8: But uh, we weren't even sure of that. Yeah. And the decision was taken on top of losing 370
5: jobs as well. Good, solid jobs. Let alone the jobs that will be there to run it afterwards. Because these things don't run on their own. But
8: um, you know, um, when we are told that, um, and I, I, I quote a, a frightening a statement that uh, that a politicians demanding a renewed focus on fossil fuels as a solution to the present energy crisis need a lesson in energy economics. Mother of divine God, you know this is scary, very scary, and um, unfortunately, we are in a, a horrible position. Uh, On oil and petrol, as you know, we're 100% dependent on imports and 70% uh, on gas.
5: Can I put a little analogy out there, Michael, as to how I see this? Now, admittedly, there's time involved. And if you were to go ahead this this morning, you wouldn't actually have a gas coming in from this field for for quite some time, a number of years. We'd accept that as a by-the-by. But let's make an analysis. You have a mother... With two or three children trying to feed them and the cupboards are bare and the fridge is empty. And across the road, there's a 40 foot truck with everything she needs inside it and a big padlock on the door and said, no, you can't come in. That's exactly what it is, isn't
8: it? I am. I couldn't agree with you more Yeah. But uh, going back to Ballyro, at least it gives us bargaining power. Mm. And this is what we have to move on. It gives us that power that we can then barter for future. We can sup- we can get gas from other sources in the meantime on the promise that we give this <sighs> back.
5: I got gotcha. you. I now I see your logic. It'll take us a number yeah. of years to get at it. But we yeah. say then to people we can, str- we can leverage... Deals absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the businessman thinking. Michael, thank you. Michael O'Connell, we have a, a 150 trillion cubic feet of gas and hundreds of billions of cubic feet of gas in two projects, or two, two fields, the Inish Key off the northwest of Mayo and Barry Row off the Cork Coast. We can't go at them because government policy Green Party government policy is not to do it. 0818 96, 96,
3: 96 When we're adoring Adele are you thinking it's not easy on me? And has
2: our love of Justin Bieber got you not wanting to stay? Give me
3: what I want us the music you want to hear
2: and what songs should disappear with the Corks 96 FM music panel.
3: Take our 10 minute music survey
2: and you could win a 100 euro penny Sider.
3: Give it a go right now. Find the link on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter me what I want. or see 96FM.ie. <laughs> the lines are live and we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 Text or WhatsApp 083 396
2: Email opinion at 96fm.ie.
3: The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan.
2: On Cork's 96FM.
5: Somebody sent me a message by the way saying, PJ, could you please bring home a bit of decent weather with you when you come back <laughs> to work? Well, I'm not too sure what I can do about it, but... I do see, and I was following Alan from Carlo Weather over the last few days, and he was predicting, although he said it was too late to call it for certain, he was predicting an improvement this weekend and into next week, and he was standing by that prediction uh, even maybe 48 hours ago. Now Dark Sky, the ever-reliable Dark Sky weather app, is kind of falling in with him, in that over the weekend, temperatures start to go up, so Saturday we'll have 20 degrees, good bit of sunshine Sunday 21, Monday 22 Tuesday 21, Wednesday 22 and some bright sunshine on each particular day which ain't exactly South Tenerife but it's nice for Cork in August so it is. we take it whatever we can get of it 0818 96 96 96 just on the Shandon, Colin's call a well while ago t- telling us that Shandon clock has been stopped for a week and he's wondering why john says look leave it alone it'll cost thousands to fix it and uh, thousands to, to fix it and it's it's only a bloody clock it's, it's one it's one view uh, tom agrees with michael on the gas and the oil tom Wells says he's 100 percent right the barry rowfield has a lot of gas we should be using this to our full advantage and also via WhatsApp if there's, natural gas, if there's natural gas off Cork's coast the government will give it away like they did with most of our other natural resources that's Michael from Charleville sending in that one to WhatsApp at 083 396 96 96 now we've heard of all sorts of therapy for children uh, art therapy being one play therapy being another I've never yet heard, though, of magic therapy. This is an entirely new one on me. Leon Anderson, good morning to you.
4: Good morning. How are you?
5: Good. Leon, magic therapy. Tell me all about it.
4: Yeah, magic therapy. So, um, I suppose it started almost 20 years ago when I have um, have two autistic nephews myself, And uh, sure i've been doing magic since i was since I was a kid, so I started um showing my two nephews uh just a couple of tricks in their living room, and they sat down and they watched in awe and my sister I remember my sister coming in and saying, "Jeez, I've never seen the kids sit down uh for as long um you, you you know you should you could be onto something there, so I started researching um how magic can be used uh, to, to help kids maybe with autism t- to start off with. But when I actually started researching um, how magic can help, I found that going back to the early 80s that, that there have been research already carried out yes. on the use of simple magic tricks used to help kids um, maybe with ADHD and autism. Mm. Um, now remember like 20 years ago, um, even 40 years ago, autism was still very, you know, it wasn't really known about. Um, so, uh, yeah, so the timing was right and I got in contact with one of the main researchers, uh, Kevin Spencer, in mm-hmm. through, through Facebook. Would and believe. just, Leon,
5: your so, own, your own yeah. interest in magic, was it purely just yeah. as a hobby?
4: Yeah, I got a magic set like everybody, a kid when I was seven years of age. I remember I asked Santa... I wanted to be like Paul Daniels uh-huh. and I got a Paul Daniels magic set when I was seven and yeah look didn't really understand the tricks at that time it was actually my love for magic was always there but I kind of forgot about it until I was around 12 and I met another guy a friend of mine and um, he was over from America and he showed me a trick and I was just in awe and I bugged him every single day please show me that trick please show me that trick and yeah he showed me a trick when I was 12 and my love for magic just continued to grow from from that age right um, and, yeah. and
5: describe to me when you're sitting with uh, some kid who's on the spectrum um, yeah and you're trying I mean we, we all know look my, my son as, you, as as you know is autistic and so I own, I know a little bit about it it's very hard to get them to focus. It's very hard to get yes. eye contact sometimes. And it's very hard to get them to concentrate. So how have you noticed that magic works?
4: Well, I think it's, it's a natural thing with magic. Kids of all um, you know, needs, love, they just love the idea of, of a magic trick. So it's very, very easy. You know, um, when you show them, like, something with a piece of string, they're, like, I think just the way you sit down with them and you talk to them, um, all kids just become engaged straight away. So, um, but with kids with autism, they, they do generally you know um, they love to focus on something whether it's magic or whether it's washing machines or whether it's trains yes. or whether so- they, they they do become you know like a, a bit obsessive with, with something so, um, so it's very easy once you get down you get, get down to their level and you do make a sudden eye contact it's very easy to keep them with the magic.
5: It's a remarkable moment when it happens. Now you've joined forces with 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 a company called Allied Allied Healthcare.
4: Allied Healthcare, uh, very uh, Danielle, a Cork woman herself, a very proud Cork woman. So I knew I know Danielle's husband, um, and uh, we played a little bit of pitch and putt together. And I you, I was he knows that I did this magic uh, kind of therapy thing, and he said it to Danielle, and Danielle approached me, and she said and um, we let's work together and in fairness she has taken this on board like i've been doing this 20 years i've been on most radio stations in ireland i've been on the newspaper keep barry opened um a magic school for me uh, mm-hmm. where i grew up in Myras. so this has been ongoing for like at least 20 years and um so it was great to 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 get Danielle on board, with her with her company, and just to bring it to maybe just to the next level where maybe I I possibly couldn't have bring it broader. So um, yeah, it's good to have the the health the health aspect part of what I do now. It's mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic.
5: Yeah, and you see this as a, I guess as a business as well for yourself, and uh, you know.
4: Yeah, well, listen. I work. I work full time for a car company. Would you believe Sound Store? Um, Another one. Yeah. So I, yeah, I work. I work. I work for them. Uh, you know, there, there's not a lot of money in, in what I do. Uh, it's not about the money. It's, it's about you know helping kids. And of course, if I can turn it into a business down the road, and uh, where I can do it full time, mm. then I'm I'm happy to take that opportunity. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Can
5: anybody who wants to contact you, can they do so or do they have to go through allied healthcare or what's the story?
4: You know what, it's best if they go through allied healthcare, Danielle, um, because of my working hours, Danielle has taken this on board and she's running with it. And already with Danielle, less than a month we spoke, we've already done a, a group session for, I think there was six or seven kids on the spectrum with their parents Uh, 45 minute class we did um, last Monday and it was absolutely fantastic How do the parents Uh,
5: respond when they see the children focus in?
4: So one of of the parents actually cried because at the start um, uh, one of the kids got up and said you know he doesn't really want to take part and um, he doesn't like loud noises will there be clapping, will there be this, will there be that Mm. Halfway through he jumped up and he got on board. He got up in front of everybody in the room and he, he started doing the magic. And that, for me, that's that's what I think is real magic, is when that happens. And his mom afterwards said, you know, um, never in a million years would he have gotten up in front of a group of strangers and and did something like this. And took a round of applause as well. Well, We actually gave him a round of applause at the end of it. And he was absolutely, he was buzzing at the end of it, wants to know when the next class was and Joe wants to participate. So I gave them a little, you know, um, task to do before the next before the next class so it gets them something to focus on um, when they come back so yeah it's um, it's absolutely amazing that that for me is the real magic that's the reward. something like that that's happens that's yeah. you, you couldn't put 100%. a price on that no.
5: no 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 Leon whatever you're doing keep doing it fella because it sounds like you oh, onto something special you. here <laughs> the Paul Daniels magic set you've actually put an awful lot of, <laughs> you've used just an awful lot more than you thought you ever would yeah.
4: And you know what? It's a funny story. In 2010, I actually met Paul, went on to meet Paul Daniels with my magic set, and I got him to sign it. And um, oh, yeah, it was something memorable, something that yeah. I had from when I was seven. I had, I had um, the opportunity so
5: one time. I got plucked out of an audience at the Opera House to go on stage with him. And <laughs> to this day, I have absolutely no idea how he did what he did. He he did this thing yeah. with an orange uh, and a five a five pound note. I have no idea how he did it. Not if I sat there thinking it to the last breath of my life, <laughs> I couldn't figure out how he did it. Yet he did it a foot and a half in front of me.
4: Yeah, yeah. it's mad. It's crazy.
5: Yeah, so, Le- Leon, good uh, good talking mad. to you, mate, and continued yeah, success in what thanks, you
4: do. Cheers. Thanks for the opportunity to Not have a chat. All. Thank you.
5: Not at all. That's Leon Anderson, Class Magic, Special Needs Development through magic, a new form of therapy
3: and as Mr. Daniels might have said, that's magic
2: Can we just
3: talk The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan
2: Call us now, 0818 96
3: On Courts 96 FM
5: So, there's a lot of talk about moving We, 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 we hit a, a crisis in recent weeks with ref- refugees coming from Ukraine and and we're taking them and we continue to take them but with the best will in the world we, we don't have a whole lot of places to put them. And they're fleeing a war and they just need help and you know as decent people it's our job to try to help them as best we can and I read that the county council is looking at the possibility of placing Ukrainian refugees on Cape Clear. Now gorgeous place. Stunning place. But Ukrainian refugees might be housed on Cape Clear. Councillor Danny Collins is the mayor of the county. It's first time having you on in that capacity, so good morning, Mayor, and congratulations. Oh. Come, good uh, morning, PJ. I wish you, you the best of luck. In, Thank you in very much. So, talk to me about this idea that we would take. The, we, we don't. Let's face it. We don't have a whole pile of room left for the Ukrainians. Yet they come, and yet we welcome them. So, why camp clear. Where would where would they go? Well, like at the moment, be quite right
9: honest. What I'm seeing, um, PJ, is maybe some hotels in certain areas are being flooded, like you know, with our with, with Ukrainians, and you know, these are. We say towns and um that are like tourism spots and tourism destinations and basically like you know businesses are suffering at the moment, we'd say we'd say coffee shops, restaurants, um bars, hairdressers, you name it, like because um you know, if tourists come into the town, they go to eat, what not, and they they have a drink or have a cup of coffee and like you know, I honestly believe maybe some hotels are are, you know, maybe, like, shouldn't have been taken. Well, like, they talked to short contracts, but what you call it, like, they, they're stuck now with, with them. But, like, the Ukrainians, I think this is a good idea. Like, it'll vitalize our, um, our, our islands. Like, yeah. islands are are doing their best. A lot of islands here throughout West Cork and throughout the country are doing their best to keep populations up. But, like, um, at least, um, and there's buildings lying idle. So I think like this 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 could be a good news story for for
5: our island. I'm just gonna say that you say there are buildings lying idle because the last thing I w- when I was thought about Cape Clear, like there can't be too many places for them to, to gather or to live there, isn't there
9: Well, there is And, like like well, i I can't speak out totally on Cape Clear I know the island well like well but, but like i I know another island that like there's a hotel lying idle the last number of years like right. and um. Like, you know, these, these, this is where our government should be looking, looking outside the box. Like, you know, we have, um, guard stations that have been closed, like, you know, um, they're lying idle. Like, you know, our government should be looking at these spots, like, to, to, to house, if they're, 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 um, still going to bring in, um, Ukrainians in the the near future.
5: Yeah, yeah. It's an interesting idea. we are trying to keep the population of our islands up because the, the communities on them are dwindling. What's the just just take the Cape? You say it well. What's the population of Cape Clear at the moment, roughly? I couldn't say. I
9: I, I reckon about maybe a hundred and fifty, two hundred people. I couldn't say offhand. Okay. I'll be quite honest. Yeah, but like, but like, still like, as we saw there, we say a number of years ago, we say, we saw this the um, national school in Sherkin Island that, yeah. that closed down because of, of lack of children on the island. Like, yes, and so like, hopefully, like you know, this would help our islands as well. Like, yes, know, yeah. bring up numbers going to schools and whatnot. Like, you know, there there's a great service in all the islands throughout um, West Cork. There's a ferry service every yes. island. Like,
5: um, and you mentioned Shetland in particular. I mean, Shetland's only. Um, Literally hop, skip, and jump across the bay.
9: Yes, yes, basically. Like, uh, even there last night, now I wasn't uh, was on Woody Island where there, there was a play on there. Like, and like this, there's a ferry service, um, like, um, going in and out of um, Woody Island numerous times a day. Like, this, this is true every island. So, like, like as I've stated, like, I think maybe our some of our towns have been flooded, like, with, with um, Ukrainians throughout the country and throughout maybe some parts of Cork, and like, you know. This is thinking outside the box. But like our government, like, are working very slowly on on thinking outside the box. And like
5: some towns have suffered over this. Right. It's interesting. Thank you. Councillor Danny Collins, uh, independent councillor from Bantry and the current county mayor. Thank you, Uh, Mayor Collins. Your thoughts on that welcome, the idea that we would continue to welcome Ukrainian refugees into the country, give them anything we can give them, look after them as best we possibly can but that maybe they'd have to go and live on Sherkin, Like you mentioned, the little school on Sherkin, closed. Sherkin is a beautiful, beautiful place. I haven't been down there in a, in a number of years, but there are facilities down there. There'd be places for them to live, Sherkin or Cape Clear, or other such islands. How would, you, how would you feel about that? 0818 96 96 96. Oh, can I mention this? And thank you very much, Claire who reminds me that this time last year we were overcome with sadness uh, as a story we were covering. It was a tragic, tragic accident that happened in the lovely village of Passage. Uh, It was a bus accident and the wonderful Father Con Cronin passed away after that accident and the driver who passed away that day was a man called Mark Wills and he was a much loved and much respected member of the Buserrand family but Father Conn in particular was loved and revered all over the harbour area but particularly in passage where he ministered and today, thank you Claire. I'm so pleased you, you told me this, it's the first anniversary of the passing of Father Khan Cronin, benches in his honour are being installed today and in a few days time a plaque will be unveiled in memory of Mark Wills, the bus driver who passed away on that fateful day in August of 2021. Thank you very much for that reminder, Claire. Coming back to the clock, the Shandon clock, Eugene says, leave it alone. He says, don't touch it. Don't touch it. At least now it gives the correct time twice a day. When Myra makes the point that if it was in another historic place Then it would be fixed as quickly as possible Because of the revenue It brings in uh, We have some breaking news um, Coming in I'll take a break uh, Some breaking news in just a minute Don't even know
3: what it is Hold there for me Access all areas on Courts 96FM Your guide to
2: nightlife on Leeside
9: Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Cork's entertainment. The Cork Proms comprises three successive concerts featuring the celebrated Cork Opera House Concert Orchestra and a host of national and international guests. They'll be playing the music of Beethoven, The Beatles and Broadway from the 11th to 18th of August with more information and tickets at corkoperahouse.ie. Access all areas Rock Against Homelessness, the concert series in aid of focus Ireland continues this summer with Cat Dowling playing in Sea Church in Ballycotton on August 19th. Cat will be supported on the night by first class and coach and the burma access all areas you can contact us here at access all areas if you have a show play or exhibition coming up or any live streaming events by emailing us on aaa
3: at 96fm.ie access all areas
2: with harvey norman and jbl your specialists in sound this summer
5: on Corks 96fm you know that you can listen to us anywhere you want Anywhere in the world. If you're on the old Hollybobs at the moment and you're listening to us by a pool or on a beach, good morning. Uh, i just back myself. i jealous that you're still there. But you can listen on your smartphone, you can listen on your tablet, or you can listen on your smart speaker. I bought one of these little things. They're the cute little yokes. They're, a, they're an Echo Dot. It's like, a, it's like a small version of the actual big... I called it Baby Alexa. I took Baby Alexa on holidays with me
3: Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.
5: And God knows I can listen to anything I wanted any time of the day. But you download the Cork's 96FM app, you listen to your favorite shows on your speaker, on your phone, on your tablet or wherever. And if you have a smart speaker, you can ask it to play Cork's 96FM, uh, wherever you are in the world right now, even if you're only in Faranry, I went to see... Weeks and weeks ago now um, I went to see a little girl called Kate a uh, little, lovely little kid she has multiple needs but I went to see her and her mum I won't say where and uh, I met her and she sat on my lap and we got a photograph taken and all that but her mum had contacted us after we were talking to and rabbits and talking about the Fuss marches and talking about all those things. And her mom declined to do an interview with me at the time for very personal reasons, which I completely understand. But I, I still am glad I went to meet her. And just following up on our first conversation this morning about the little kid who needs a wheelchair, uh, scarlet talking to Susan about the crazy situation, just as a message from Kate or f- about Kate, thank you for that by the way I hope she's doing okay, I hope she's doing the best she can but thank you for that message uh, 0818 96, 96, 96 there's another set of fuss marches I think coming up in, in, in the coming weeks, people are just getting it's fuss, fu- it's not fuss anymore it's fury, people are just furious with the state of play with regard to kids and indeed, young adults and older adults with, with disabilities or with needs or with things they just should have and should be given to them. And they can't get it. A fuss is turning to fury before our very, very eyes. 0818 96 Now, i right to the Shandon story. I told you had some breaking news about it. It was just coming in as we speak. So earlier, Colin rang. To tell us that Shandon, the clock in Shandon, the four clo- four-faced clock of Shandon, has been stopped for a week now. And he's no idea why it has been stopped for a week. He also claimed that uh, when he went to see someone in uh, Shandon, they told, they told they didn't know until he told them. That's not quite accurate, Colin. But anyway, we do have some news. The clock isn't working. This is from the people in Shandon. The clock isn't working because there was a power surge the weekend before last and it shorted out the electrical mechanism. Now, Stokes' clocks, who are on McCourton Street, they maintain the clock on behalf of the City Council. And this person, there's no name with this email, but the people at Shandon told us that They noticed the clock hadn't righted itself, as it normally does after an electrical problem. So they rang Philip Stokes uh, and Philip came and looked at the clocks last Friday, has to order a part for them. He turned off the clocks and will come to fix them uh, this week, all going well, when the part arrives. So fingers crossed we'll be back on time very, very soon. It's lovely though to hear that people keep an eye on the clock and are so passionate about having it work, keep working. The City Council takes care of the clock and has planned to do some more work but any more detail we'll get from them. But yes, Philip Stokes has been called out. There's a part gone after a bit of a power surge. He's waiting on the part and as soon as he has the part it'll get sorted. Thanks, to Colin, for bringing that to our attention. 0818 96 96 96. Now, good morning to Una Buckley of Blossom for Life. Hi, Una.
10: Hi, BJ. How are you? Thanks Great. for having me on.
5: Children with dyslexia who are off school at the moment, the concern is always, isn't it, that they'll revert and that they'll fall back on what they've learned. And Blossom for Life has been... Looking at ways to help people avoid that.
10: Yeah, exactly. So we work with students of all age groups um, of all different backgrounds and all different learning difficulties, but we mainly spoke focus around the dyslexia piece, but all neurodiversities around students, kids, helping them with exams, curriculums, but also kind of adults in the workplace. And it's all about kind of, you know, helping develop that learning strategy and memory techniques to help us all move forward no matter what space of life we're in. But yes, completely, summertime is extremely valuable to keep, let's say, the cognitive parts of our, our brain moving from all age groups you know but primarily obviously for for children and you know in the academic setting and um, when they're kind of off that block of time, um, it can be quite detrimental obviously as to how they settle into the next academic year and how they progress and, and move forward.
5: So there's a few weeks now before the, the kids start to go back to, to school and how can the parent or anybody who's taking care of them prepare?
10: Yeah, so there's a lot of kind of at home, let's say, strategies and tips that can be very useful, very, you know, cost effective, but also quick and easy to implement. I myself am highly dyslexic, so I had a very challenging time also in school and in university. So I can kind of relate to the bits of the struggle and the transition that that kids go through, let's say, over the, the summer months and the anxiousness and preparing to get back. I suppose as a, as a kind of a whistle stop toward um, PJ, the, the main things really would be around the reading side. So for all of us, no matter what age group, we're faced with signs, we're faced with menus, we're faced with anything and everything and anything throughout the day that we need to maybe read. So for the younger kids, ideally, from research studies show that ideally about ten minutes a day for paired reading is great. So with a parent, with you know even an older sibling can be really useful. Often during the academic year, though this is done kind of later in the nighttime, obviously there are schools throughout the day. So ideally in the summertime, this will be best positioned earlier in the day. So either in the morning time or around lunchtime or even in the daytime. But mm. ideally we want to move away from that nighttime cycle, you know which interferes primarily with their sleeping pattern and their whole, let's say, orientation and digestion. So that will be one of our main top suggestions about reading.
5: Yeah and puzzles and jigsaws, things to keep them the mind, Neuro, neuro Neuroelastic, as it were. Keep the mind.
10: Exactly. Yeah, so anything that's quite hands-on, quite tactile. So, helps it obviously an awful lot of multi-sensory functions, loads of online brain training programs, but even physical brain training can be really, really useful. Now, obviously, as we move through and lots of advancements as well with technology, lots of students that we would work with, maybe, let's say, typing exams or maybe moving away from handwriting. So, ideally, this is an ideal time over the next few weeks to be practising practicing away you know either typing shopping lists or doing a specific typing program online and there's many of them so it depends on on, you know age groups and what suits each individual student Mm. but it's a perfect time to just be practicing away five ten minutes a day Mm. and just kind of keeping things moving
5: like an even a trip to the shop can be an opportunity to to expand the mind can't it
10: Completely, yeah. So definitely even just making small calculations, asking somebody to go off there and get these two things and then, you know, they can add them up or bring a piece of paper. Even, you know, prepping, weighing out ingredients can get in all of those, you know, maths, analytical, numeracy skills. Just small tasks on a regular basis can really help. But I suppose this is a perfect time as well to, you know, improve and develop on the organisation skills. We're getting so many parents at the moment to say, you know, it's difficult to get prepped, get organised if they're still doing camps or they're still doing, let's say, activities or sports, you know, ideally making some form of a checklist or even a picture list. So mm-hmm. for some students, obviously, you know, them writing down, let's say, shoes or whatever might be difficult. So doing pictures, taking photographs, putting them all on a whiteboard sheet. And then that develops an awful lot of their, you know, abilities and skills to move in and to get organised as much as possible for school. Yeah. So getting their school bag, getting their books, getting everything organised.
5: Mm-hmm. You don't want it to look too much like school either, though, do you?
10: No, well, I, I obviously you don't want to create kind of that type of environment. But you know, in theory, they're not obviously you know getting on the uniform. I hope, and you know, going to school, you no, know, that, and do that, that, that much that
5: into extremes. I suspect
10: <laughs> that's too much over analytics. So it's it's just about I suppose trying to keep some element of the brain functioning so that it's not a complete readjustment. You know, as we move through, some might be going back maybe the last week of August. It's not a total shock. You know, there is a definitely a bit of a shock and a readjustment. But it's not, you know, God, I haven't even done any of this, you know, for so long. So it's it's just keeping keeping those things functioning and moving and developing.
5: Have you put stuff up on your website for people to follow?
10: Exactly. Yeah. So it's great. Actually, we're so excited. And we've literally as of yesterday, so you're actually the first to know we've actually launched um, our recent um, online workshop. Both for parents and for teachers, on primarily how to help dyslexics. So it's accessible at www.blossomforlife.com. Um, and it's just there providing a kind of a range of modules and resources, reading strategies, study tips, everything and anything for, for all age groups, really.
5: All right. Una, good luck with it. And thanks for being with it. That's Una Buckley, of Blossom for Life. It's the, a the, the four. Yeah. Blossom for Life many ways. You can keep learning going during the summer holidays, particularly for youngsters and older stars who need that constant stimulation so they don't start forgetting things. 0818 96 96, 96. Jimmy was on about Father Con Cronin. Uh, let us also remember uh, that Father Con saved a child that day by putting himself in way of danger. I thought it was a fr- friend of his, another parishioner he saved as well but the man was a hero regardless um, and he was much loved and is very very much missed and as Claire contacted us yesterday, some benches are being erected uh, and have been erected and are named in his honour and they're being erected today and hopefully they'll have a beautiful afternoon for it down there in passage, but thank you for that. Oh, eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Mentioned Becky Hill at uh, so Independence, and the lads had a cracker, absolute belter of a weekend down there. Even despite the rain, despite the rain, they had a belter of a weekend down at at Independence, and all the festivals are back, and we've had a great summer, fabulous marquee. We dealt in John. Great Irish, and is it, is it, it is Musgrave Park, it's come back to now, isn't it? Great festivals and lots more music to come uh, before the summer is out. And a lot of that great music is on our exclusive online station, Cork's 96 of M, presenting the Back Garden Festival. Remember when we couldn't do anything in 20 or 21? We put this together for you with all of the artists and the biggest hits from the headline acts. Uh, Brought to you by Harvey Norman and JBL, your specialist in sound this summer. You can listen to it on the app or you can go to 96fm.ie. Question number nine. What does the B in BMW stand for? Bavarian. Question number ten. What singer announced that his new album will be called Sonder? Dermot Kennedy. Sonder is the new album. Go on. From Dermot Kennedy. Yeah.
0: Well done, 2,000 euros.
3: Georgina, Georgina, you're the winner. I'm trying. It's fucking time. It I'm like, trying. That was my New Year's resolution to win it. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Well done. Oh my god, that's the record making my life. Stacking up the cash. 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 The two grand minute. Listen to play at 7.40 and 8.40 every day on Casey and Ross in the morning. <laughs>
2: 96
5: FM Let's see where this uh, Rebecca Vardy has done an interview with our colleagues at Talk TV which will be broadcast tonight at 7 telling her side of the story lots of details in today's Irish Sun Throne story that um, dominated the news around the pool as it were while we were away and then when I was landing I, that particular morning it was a Saturday morning the plane landed and You know the way everyone turns their phone on and I had about, I'd say, 10 messages within 20 seconds about the Irish rugby team and the win over the All Blacks. And I jumped out of my seat in the plane. I said, yes, they did it. And then everyone started going, oh, my God, they did it. So that was a huge, huge sports story. And the current state of Irish rugby is as good as it's been for a very, very long time. And we can look forward to... the. Six Nations and the November Series and the World Cup next year with great excitement that is the men's game but there is a book coming out uh, called Scrum Queens the story of women's rugby and it's written by Ali Donnelly our women's team have given us some great moments over the last number of years, Ali correct me if I'm wrong They they, had, they have had a grand slam haven't they, good morning
11: Hi there. Yeah, they had they had two Six Nations wins, uh, 2013 Grand Slam, 2015 title, and then of course squeezed in the middle, they reached the World Cup semi final with this amazing victory over New Zealand in the pool stages. So there there was a real high moment for the Irish <laughs> women's team. But un- unfortunately, we've got Women's World Cup coming up this November in New Zealand, and they failed to qualify for that. So yeah, yeah we're 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 definitely on a little bit of a downer at the moment, but yeah. hopefully. I watched some
5: of some of the women's games, some of their games in in the Six Nations last time out. Didn't go didn't go so well. So, but yeah, yeah, interesting. They're off to a a a tour of Japan shortly, aren't they?
11: Yeah. So this is a historic tour as well because um, they've never actually been on a summer. tour of the, the Irish women's team so they've tended to play you know it's, it's largely been an amateur team I think that's on the verge of changing now hopefully we're getting it looks like we're going to get contracts for the players in the next few months but right. yeah they've, it's always been very difficult for players to take you know huge amounts of time off work in the sure. off season so this is a historic tour and um, you know hopefully is the start of, of a new cycle where they can they can qualify for the next World Cup and, and do well again in next year's Six Nations. Tell me a
5: little bit about the history of I suppose women's rugby as, as an overall sport and then Ireland Ireland' women's rugby is, is, that's your, your your book is about the sport in general isn't it women's rugby
11: it is it's, it is about the whole book but I've got a long kind of history with the Irish women's game I started playing myself in, in Middleton and then in Highfield so there's there's a definitely a keen focus on Ireland in there I think um if in terms in terms of the overall history of the game. I mean, what the book does is it it charts the history over 130 years. So it's 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 a quite um it's a quite detailed book. It starts women's rugby like lots of other women's sports actually um, starts to emerge in the 1800s and then you know became popular in around the war years and then disappeared a bit from view for mm-hmm. lots of reasons. Lots, women's football had the same experience and, and resurged again in the 60s and 70s. Um, Ireland were a little bit later the party so there certainly were women playing uh, during that same period but we didn't actually get clubs and universities kind of up and running till the 90s late 80s early 90s and then the first test game in the 90s Yeah.
5: I must say I was surprised to to learn that that women were playing rugby as far back as the 1880s because I thought like in that they might might not have been allowed to be viewed as a man's game I I was surprised to learn and pleasantly surprised to learn they were playing it back that far
11: yeah, I mean, it. look, when I say playing, it's pretty loose, right? They were trying to play. <laughs> um, and then what happened, is, as happened in lots of women's sport, when, when the wars kicked off, men obviously went off to, to fight and women um, started playing. You know, we have all these great stories in football in particular of women in England playing in front of, you know, fifty, sixty thousand 60,000 people. That was true in rugby as well. There was a big match in Cardiff during the second world war where there were you know twenty thousand people there and then the men came back and actually then i think um that the stereotypical sort of you know patriarchal kind of world mm. reemerged. you know women should be you know not not playing rugby and, and i think as well rugby had a rough time in terms of trying to get off the ground as a women's sport much more so than other sports because it had that sort of extra physical nature so not only were women struggling to play sport but then you had this others they had this other additional factor which is high contact and there definitely were societal attitudes back then about you know whether that was acceptable or not so yeah, very hard yeah. to get the sport off the ground in those days
5: you, you managed to learn a lot from a journal written by a 10 year old girl tell me about that
11: yeah, so my website is uh, scrumqueens.com and uh, a couple of us run it and, and we've been doing some research to try and find out who who what's was the first recorded women's rugby player. And uh, what we found um, through, through some archives was a family in Enniskillen in Ireland had found a journal of a family member who'd been playing uh, in 1887, now she she played on her brother's team at school. Her name's Emily Valentine, and she describes in her journal the moment where she gets to play in this match because they were short numbers. Uh, so she she's still the first recorded women's rugby player that we know of. Um, so that's exciting. So so it's interesting. It took another hundred years before Ireland's first club was set up. So, you know, we know there was interest uh, and people like her were playing it sporadically. But yeah, it's a lovely little story. And um, then we've got pictures of her as well. And she's now in various museums, the pictures, and there's a bust of her in the World Rugby Museum in Twickenham. So yeah, ni- nice Irish connection there
5: yeah I remember the 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 match against the, they called them the ferns don't they the blank ferns that was a huge right. huge excitement that day
11: yeah I think that was probably in twenty fourteen over in paris the most um the, the you know the, the the shock result of any women's rugby World Cup in New Zealand tend not to be beaten um you know they won several World cups they won again in twenty seventeen in Ireland of course um but that was a result that was a result of you know we had a very special team at that time who had come together they'd won the Six Nations the year before for the first time many of them had been there for almost a decade it was well coached um, and a team full of belief and you know when you have belief and you've got good players you can achieve anything but yeah that was a very special day
5: yeah I, I was going through your, your website this morning and there's some fascinating stuff in there your, your own your own rugby history what is it
11: yeah, so I started playing in Middleton. I'm from Carrick just yeah. outside Middleton. And then I, I went up to UCC and, and played there on a high field. But I got involved away from playing in the administrative side of the game. Um, the IWRFU used to run women's rugby in Ireland before the IRFU took it on in 07. So I was on that committee that was running the game back then so I got heavily involved in you know I saw how hard it was for for people to try and you know get teams off the ground and get investment and so on and I I suppose I moved to London then in 2009 set the website up and I suppose I just stayed involved campaigning for you know I, I feel like um it's a sport that has yet to reach its potential for mm. sure. And so it's, it's quite enjoyable to be part of the kind of campaign, the lobbying, the re- recording its history mm. and so on. And there's, it's you know, we've got a World Cup this year. The next yeah. World Cup then is in England in 2025. So I think that will be a big moment. We've just had an amazing women's Euros here for the football. And yeah. uh, I think, you know, hosting it, hosting it here would be great. And hopefully Ireland will be there.
5: Yeah, yeah. It would be marvellous if they were. It's unfortunate that they're not at the upcoming... At the upcoming one, you mentioned earlier about the professionalism coming into it and that their contract's going to be drawn up. Now, we know, look, to be an Irish professional rugby player in the the men's game is a very lucrative career. It can be a short one, but it's very lucrative. Do you think that they'll have that earning capacity, the, the, the women's team?
11: Uh, Pretty unlikely, I'd say, certainly, to start with. I think what we've seen with the players who've been contracted in other countries, so England, Scotland and Wales are probably good comparables. You're talking about sort of, you know, euro about 30 to 35000 euro and then on top of that you're able to earn a little bit with appearance fees and so on i mean many of the girls turning professional well, all of them <laughs> will currently have other jobs so i presume some will take some hybrid contracts where they'll be able to do a bit of both yes um but we're we're just not at the stage yet in the game where Women's rugby players can earn significant sums of money, unfortunately. Um, but we're we're getting there. I mean, we're looking. You look at other sports. I've used football as an example already, but they're about a decade ahead mm. on their journey of professionalism, and players there can earn better money. You know, not 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 huge sums, more, yes. but they can earn, um, earn earn a bit more. So, you know, nobody's no women's rugby player in Ireland is going to get rich from playing rugby in the next decade. That's for yeah. sure.
5: That the excitement at that final the other night. <laughs> was incredible Yeah I was
11: there I was oh, yeah. there at Wembley uh, Yeah it was You know I'm not You know Obviously I'm not English But it was A very special Moment to be part of Particularly if you've been Involved in women's sport For a long time Yeah And just a great um, A great spectacle One of the best sporting events I've been to In terms of atmosphere nah. And the girl and Kelly Who scored it, but, yeah. the
5: winning goal With the name like Kelly Did we miss a trick <laughs>
11: I don't know. Yeah, she's from West London and she's, she's the youngest of seven children. So she's definitely, um, you know, with the name and the family and all the rest of it and, and where she lives. Maybe there must be some Irish connection well, somewhere.
5: We've got a union leader from Cork over there who who needs, who know we might have a Euro winning goal scorer with yes, some Cork. we have like to check it out. <laughs> yeah. when, is, when is the book on the shelves, Ali?
11: It's out now, so it's out. I think you can get it in Easton's in Cork. But you, it's. Um, I've had a few texts actually from friends in West Cork who found it in bookshops there. So it's out uh, and it's online as well. So um, yeah, it's 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 there for anyone who wants to pick it up.
5: Excellent. Excellent, Good luck. Good luck with it, and good to talk to you. That's Ali Donnelly. He used to write also for the Echo at one time. And her new book is called Scrum Queens, The Story of Women's Rugby, 0818, 96, 96, 96. The weirdest thing happened the other was it was Saturday or whatever night the match was on Sunday. Um, I was listening to something else. I was reading a book, actually, getting ready to go out for the evening. <laughs> and the pool bar where we we're staying had the match on. They'd stayed open a little bit late. And when the goal went in, the winning goal, the place nearly lifted itself off its moorings. That's it anyway, England have won the thing. And <laughs> just in the same breath, right, this bunch of Hare Krishna, I'm kidding you not, right, this bunch of Hare Krishnas decided to walk through the pool bar singing their Harry Krishna songs. So you have a load of England supporters jumping up and down, cheering at the goal, ordering more drink. And the Harry Krishna's concert the weirdest thing you see nowadays. 0818-96-9696.
3: The opinion line on Cork's 96 FM. <laughs> the lines are live.
2: And we're ready to talk. Can
3: we just talk?
2: Call
3: 0818-969696. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696.
2: Email opinion at 96fm.ie.
3: The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan
2: on Cork's 96FM.
5: 18, 0818 96, 96, 96 the number to call the text or whatsapp and your voice notes also welcome at 083 396 96 96. your email anytime opinion at 96fm.ie here's one that uh, comes out of the blue and I'll give it to you and if you have any thoughts on it I'd love to hear them just on the phone Uh, Someone says, you know, times are very hard for many people and I don't know why businesses feel entitled to or think it's a good thing to have their staff ask you for a donation to a particular charity as you're paying for a product. In some cases, the product you're paying for has gone up in price anyway and you might only just be able to afford it when you learn of the increased price. Is this fair? It's embarrassing then for some people and it makes the business feel like they're doing something for the poor or the sick when they're doing no such thing. If they feel that strongly about it, they should make a corporate donation. And just, yeah, so I've seen them. I'm sure you have. You see them in coffee shops. You sometimes see them in retail outlets and whatever. That when you go to the till, there's a collection box and you're invited to make a little donation into the collection box. Which you can only do I guess if you're paying cash I was delighted actually to see While I was away um, Business Cork uh, Michael Mulcahy and the crew at Business Cork um, Putting up this Or designing this poster That you can put in your window uh, To say cash welcome Because I do not like to see uh, Cashless Oh you can have a donation added to the tab Electronically Ah thank you for that Virgo There are places now I haven't seen this myself I haven't seen this. So you go to do your bit of shopping. They say, right, that's that's seven seven fifty, sir, seven fifty grand. Would you care to donate to such and such charity this week? And they'll add it on to your bill. I haven't seen that yet. I haven't seen that yet. Uh, but staff apparently just press a button on the till, and it goes on the end of your bill as a charitable donation. Not so sure how I feel about that. Not so sure if I like that. You know, you, it could be the nicest charity in the world. It could be the most worthwhile charity in the world. But I think if you want to raise money for a charity, just put a, a bucket or something. Don't be asking me after charging me for me goods and services. Don't be asking me to donate because you're kind of judging me if I say, actually, no, I can't, Do you know. Don't like that. That's my view. If you want to make a charitable donation or have people make a charitable donation, put a collection box near the till. Because some collection boxes now. I was in the back of a church recently, and at the back, in they had these collection boxes at the back of the church with tap pads on them. You know, just tap, and they said tap for a press a button, tap for euro press. So
6: mm-hmm.
5: I haven't come across that. If you've come across that kind of collection happening at a till, I'd like to know what you think at zero eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Now this interview will air tonight there's lots of detail in the sun uh, this morning and it'll air tonight on Talk TV oh
8: come on you
5: can't ask me that it's the interview they all want. I
8: will say so,
12: that till topic. I'm blue in the face I did not do it
5: it's is following I on of course with the court case of the a year. lot of
12: people a, a lot of things but most importantly I feel let down by the legal
5: system It's a very big, very glamorous promo for Talk TV Uh, there. Kate McCann has picked up this interview with Rebecca Vardy on the back of the outcome of the trial last week. um, Kendra Becker joins me, editor of goss.ie. It's just a story that has gripped us all, and I include myself in this. It became fascinating, didn't it, Kendra? Good morning.
12: Yes, I think uh, whether you liked it or not over the past two years, this is kind of the lawsuit we've all been hearing about uh, constantly. So this kind of d- dated back to obviously October 2019 when Colleen Rooney posted that famous statement. I think we all kind of remember where we were when that happened. That's it right. Was I read a it big... out
5: here, actually.
12: Yeah, and like, I think the... the How it kind of was different is the fact that obviously, uh, Rebecca and Colleen, they're very famous wives of footballers. So it's kind of, it was slightly different in that, like some people that may not really be interested in celebrity scandals kind of thing. It actually involved so many people because it was like bringing in football fans and all that stuff. And I think that's why it was just so big at the time.
5: And there was such so many people were telling them don't go into court with this. At one point I was talking to Enda Brady Sky News reporter and they were building up towards the trial and apparently the lawyers were saying look lads you might as well just throw all your money into a skip here and set fire to it because all this is going to do is cost you an absolute fortune but they were determined to go ahead
12: Yeah I mean Colleen has very much said that she tried to settle this many times and it just did not work um, but yeah, like the costs of the trial are expected to be around 3 million, now that's not an exact figure, but that's the estimated cost of the of the trial is 3 million and most of that is going to be on Rebecca's plate. Yeah. So yeah, it, it didn't really work out in her favor in the end. Um, But yeah, it's I I don't think we're going to stop hearing about this anytime soon, Mm. uh, even though I'm sure some people would love to stop hearing about it. Um, But obviously, Rebecca's interview is going to be airing on Talk TV tonight at 7pm. And also there's talks of Colleen doing a documentary with Netflix about this. Channel 4 also making a docudrama about it. So I think it's definitely going to continue on for at least another
5: few months. Yeah, there's a strong core connection as well to that Channel 4 program. And I know Netflix were supposed to be sniffing around as well, looking for a piece yeah. of the action. And they won't be afraid to throw money at it. I mean, in terms of money, and I, I, am I being unfair to Rebecca Vardy if I were to say that the legal bill, yes, it's a hefty one, but it's one mm-hmm. she could probably afford
12: I mean, yeah. I mean, if you looked at it that way, you know, obviously her, her husband is Jamie Vardy and he's on a sizable footballer salary, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, like part of her, uh, the reason that she brought the libel case against Colleen was saying that um, Colleen's claims against her affected her work. She was meant to have a book deal and Our that brand, fell through yeah. because, yeah, yeah. And that was kind of part of her case, was that it affected her ability to make money. Um, So it's kind of funny now that she's kind of going to be left with a massive legal bill now Mm. uh, because of the case in general. but yeah, I suppose you could, you could argue that, but obviously you don't really know people's exact finances either. No, you so. don't.
5: And I guess, yeah, I know that again, that was one of the conversations I had about it over the, the week, mm. like you said. It's not like, it's not like the Vardis as a couple can't afford it. And mm. and she's made a few quid yeah. in her own right through, through a, a brand, you know. So it's not like they can't yeah. afford it, but she doesn't believe that she should have to be paying it in the first place. I don't suppose they'll go back into court and try again.
12: Oh, God, no. I mean, who knows? Like she in clips from her interview and she did an interview with The Sun today, she said that she doesn't regret it, even though she very clearly lost. Yeah. Uh, but she said that she doesn't regret it. And, um, you know, in a way, if you look at it in a certain way, it kind of has gotten her more exposure. Well, like not kind of it has, mm-hmm. you know, she she did a stint on Dancing on Ice last year. Um, she's obviously doing all these interviews about us. She's in talks doing documentaries So um, I'm sure She is going to Even though this case has cost her a lot of money It's yeah. go- also going to make her a lot of money Yeah.
5: So she, I guess you can in, look at in, it that way In this cynical world of it, She has to be seen to defend the brand And in, defen- yes, in defending exactly. the brand She'll polish the brand And she'll come back and she'll make money off the brand In the end of it So she'll probably make back every penny That it costs her, but she still believes she shouldn't have to pay it. Looking at, you mentioned The Sun, and they have quite a lot of coverage of it this morning. Um, Mm -hmm. The poor girl, it it certainly seems to have aged her, the process, looking at the the grabs from the television. It seems to have aged her a lot. She she looks like someone was under a lot of stress in the newspaper pictures.
12: Well, like, that was a huge part of, um, you know, what she talked about during the trial back in May is the effect that this has had on her. And like whether you're on Colleen's side or Rebecca's side, um, and Colleen even agreed with this, in court that the, the backlash that Rebecca got on social media after the post was absolutely awful. She was very heavily pregnant at the time. And um, so there's no denying that this whole experience has been absolutely brutal for her and her mm. family. So, yeah, like, of course, it would, if people are sending you death threats, like hundreds of death threats a day on social media, I think that's going to kind
5: of have a serious effect on you.
12: that affect anybody.
5: All right, Kendra, it's a story, it's not over yet. Thank you very much, Kendra Becker, uh, editor of Goss.ie. Talk TV tonight, if you can get it, Uh, it's on some platforms. Um, It's quite, you can get it on Sky, you have to go looking for it. Uh, Talk TV's Kate McCann talks to Rebecca Bardi at 7 o'clock tonight on Colleen and Me. It's up there on their YouTube as well, and if you have free set, I think it's on that too. 0818 96, 96, 96 Ah, Marie. Marie or Mary? I can never tell which is which. Marie says there's one of these church tap connections in Clonakilty. It's set at a fiver. I just tapped it. I think it's great. There's a set amount, so you can decide whether to do it or not. Thanks for that.
3: Hey, Ross, you know the way we're always on about our figures? Well, the gang here at Cork's 96FM want us to show them off. Is it for an OnlyFans or what? Nah, Ross, they're just really proud of our journey. Really? They want us to expose our figures to all of Cork? Not just us. I mean, Simon, Lorraine, Bucks, PJ, everyone you mean i'll finally get to see pj's coogan it's about damn time we're so proud of our latest listenership figures we just have to show them off
2: we just have to show them off let's celebrate Two hundred and twenty-seven thousand people listen to cork's 96 fm and c103 every week every
3: week source jnlr rips awesome RPI 2022 twenty-two two.
2: turn up the music thanks for listening to the station with the finest figures
3: the finest figures so they don't want to see our bodies. That's what I've been trying to tell you. Oh, that's why HR wanted to see me.
2: <laughs> Corix ninety six FM.
3: Hashtag choose radio.
5: Earlier on this morning talking to Michael about his woes himself and his partner with trying to find a place to live and the cost of rent around Carrigline and the trying to save a deposit for a mortgage and get a mortgage and all of that and he had what you'd describe as two decent jobs and they really are squeezed in the middle of it all. Um, it prompted a response from Paul who sent me an email and uh, there's a bit of lengthiness, in this so I'll, I'll read it and see what you think. So this is in response to, to Michael this morning. When I moved here I was starting from scratch I had a 30,000 a year job to start with. I moved here five years ago and From all the moving and all of that, all the furniture, all the costs, I had about fifty k in debts. I had a Northern registration car. I got import exemption on the car as my company owned the car, and then I could own it myself after five years. Earlier this year, I was told the VRT exemption was not valid anymore because I was a tax resident now in Ireland, so they wanted sixteen and a half thousand to import the car based on income. I bought a new car. The following week, my partner's car packed up, so I got another one. Now, between both cars, cost about seventy thousand. But look, I have a good job, and so on. The rent increased in Mallow from fourteen hundred a month to fifteen fifty a month. This was just another cost on top of everything. We looked at the prospect of my partner working, but we have a one-year-old and a four-year-old, so for childcare, even if we could get it, it would be about eighteen hundred. A month and she'd only be earning about maybe 2,000 a month so that's a lot more stress on both of us long story between debt and rent and cars it's costing about 3,850 euro a month for us my take-home pay is about 5k good job very good job work is very good work has given me a 12k car allowance yearly but with taxes then I lose 50% of that Thank you for being so open with your detail here. By the way, Paul, I looked at the mortgage, and for a house, it'd be about nine hundred euro a month. That'd save me about six hundred and fifty, which would make life somewhat easier. But here's the catch: with the other unsecured debt, I wouldn't get a mortgage to match housing prices, even though I'd be saving money. I can't afford all the bills. I can say I can afford all the bills if I was smart. But the first time ever, I'm thinking of engaging debt management, even though I am in what's considered a good job. But there's high tax on pay, there's unreasonable price of housing and very poor supports. It's mad that the country is let go on like this. Other parts of the world just wouldn't even let this happening. Let this be happening. Thanks, as always, for listening. Paul. Yeah, Paul, uh, it wouldn't be allowed to happen. It simply would not be allowed to happen anywhere else. These kind of crazy, crazy rents that are going on. And you go across Europe and look at, take the same thing. Do you remember the chap I was talking to? Was it Roy was his name? A few months ago, he was living in, or he attempted to build one of these log cabins. And he ran into all sorts of planning difficulty, just every kind of planning difficulty under the sun so then he wanted to try to get a place to rent not a prayer not a prayer he had a little dog walking business or a dog training business, you remember that last I heard from him himself and his partner had upped sticks to the UK where they would get jobs and a perfectly good place to rent for half if not less of what they'd be expected to pay here. It's, it's just gone It's gone beyond a joke at this stage. It's a sick joke, is what it is. 0818 96 96 96. Cork Craft Month is August uh, of this year. This, this is the 3rd of August. I'm joined by Enid Conway, who is the Operations Manager of Cork Craft and Design to talk to me a little bit about it. Enid, good morning to you.
13: Hi, PJ. How are you?
5: Good to speak with you. Very well, thanks. Your your website is encyclopedic in terms of the different <laughs> forms of craft that you will celebrate during the month. But tell me a bit about it.
13: Yeah, that's a very good way of describing it. Um, there's such a wide array of craft happening all over Cork City and all over Cork County for the whole month. Um, we have over sixty four events at this stage and they're so wide ranging from basket weaving to wood turning just talks about craft um, kind of felting demonstrations um weaving anything you can think of really it's incredible craft
5: is a broad definition it it literally is, it is. anything you do with your hands isn't it
13: <laughs> it is it's i mean traditionally i suppose it's it's work that you make that is utilitarian like you, you it responds to every day. It's practical like chairs and bowls and but then it leans into things that are decorative. But the handmade object, I think, is a good way to describe mm. a craft object. But a craft is something, it's a skill that you build over time, you know. Mm. Um, which I think rings true to so many of our makers. Like Cork Core Craft Month is run by Core Craft and Design. Um, which at the heart of it there's a hundred members but there's there's craft makers all over Cork you know but the thing about having a craft or a skill is that you you do it over time and it gets more difficult over time to stay interesting to you so you your design gets more sophisticated you know Mm. but um when, when people want to become interested in craft, it's about storytelling and why you're doing it and whether it's something useful to your house or something meaningful to you or something that your grandfather did or something that you actually just think is interesting to mm. do, you know.
5: Or just something pretty that well. you made out of a, a fire log, you know, a, a bit oh, of wood sure. from there. Yeah, it's something that you cut or carved out of it. Or do you know, I have a, I have a friend who, yeah. who makes the most beautiful and has done for years, makes the most beautiful handmade greeting cards.
13: Yeah, yeah. It's like you enjoy doing it is the thing. It's the process of doing it. And then that's why it should be open to people who who have never done it before because you just might like doing it on the yeah. day. Do you know what I'm saying?
5: Well, look down through yeah. your your calendar then or your, your, your catalogue. What would be the most unusual thing that might be there for, you know, something you wouldn't see elsewhere?
13: There's loads of unusual things now, to be fair. Based on, like, the location, there's... um. An open studio and wheel throwing, like pottery wheel throwing demo mm. at Cape Clear Island, for example, on the 5th and the 12th of August uh, by Catherine Ryan. And mm. then there's also um, a bees skep traditional beehive weaving with Padder Orida, actually, at oh, Chapel really? Hill in McCroom Yeah, mm. um, I think that's partially through Irish. Um, and it's the, the ancient craft of weaving a beehive for bees' health Um so yeah so they were made from wicker plastered with mud right. in the middle ages and then yeah so it's kind of about that history like That'd and then good. in um in cork city then there's like our, our core events are happening um there's the um emerge exhibition is opening on thursday and then we're doing a big market in saint peter's on saturday the 20th as well right. so loads happening on the 20th there and yeah. then um there's a crochet flower demo in Cork, by Cork Textiles Network at the People's Parklet inside Cork Flowers Studio cool. there on Douglas Street. Do you know those Parklets that have yeah. been popping around? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so they're made by um, Bench Space. So Cork Craft and Design would work with Bench Space a lot mm. because kind Bench of craft Space as
5: well, aren't they? Them those So leaders. craft. Yeah, they, absolutely. They, um- <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like um, another one. I, I didn't realize how popular this was. Until I met a lad who was into it, it. pallet craft. People yeah, taking old I pallets suppose. and making garden furniture out of them.
13: <laughs> yeah, so like we have like circuli, circular, circular eco, uh, economy at the core of it, I suppose, like reusing things and like yeah. using wood in a way where the object you make can be used again. You know, yeah. so like not not chopping into it too much. And yeah. I think pallets. Yeah, but yeah,
5: yeah. Have, is there an opportunity along the way then in it for people to learn if they want to?
13: For sure, yeah, like I was just, I was saying there, the the parklet outside um Douglas Street there, that was built by Bench Space, and then there's a crochet flower demo there, so like, do you know, it, you just, when you want to learn, you want to ask someone, and you want to have someone in front of you doing it, so you can ask them questions, and there's so many events happening, and you know, it won't be big 40 people classrooms where like, you mm. know, there's one person teaching it. There's kind of small groups happening, popping up all over the place. So you can watch someone doing a bit of crochet and ask them questions or watch someone doing felting there now at mm. a test site on Sunday yeah. and ask them a few questions. Yeah.
5: yeah. And, and do you get people coming up at exhibitions and demonstrations and say, do you know what? I'd love to learn how to do that. That's Brilliant. That's fascinating. Do, do many yeah. people come forward like that?
13: All the time, because the minute you see craft, you think about how it's made, you know, you, d- you, you might think about it's the item and it's functional and what it does. But because it just, when something's handmade, it's so visibly handmade, you think about doing it yourself and it looks tactile and it looks some, like something that you can do with your hands. So that's what you think straight away. Do you know what I mean? Mm.
5: And... and you were kind of mentioning it there a while ago, but I cut across it and sorry about that. It can be very, each piece of craft work is personal.
13: It is. It is. Cause like, do you know, if you had a, a, a beautiful, like wood turned bowl in your house and someone was admiring it and you got it from a local maker or a relative, or you made it yourself, you just have something to talk about straight away. That's exciting. It's a lot more exciting than getting something, like mass-produced and like, you know, everyone has kind of a combination of things that are like everyday and mass-produced and things, and one or two special things then, you know, that they can talk about and really um, appreciate in their home or highlight or, you know, keep for years or pass down, you know.
5: Yeah, it's funny, we have a little piece of, it's a tiny little piece of pottery at home that my boy made at a demonstration. Oh God, it's a few years ago now. He was only small and they they got an opportunity to make... A tiny little pot, and it got fired for them, and they were able to paint it and all that. It's a buckly yeah. little, little yo, little half moon. It's full of <laughs> coins and rings <laughs> and keys and knickknacks. Because there's a where did that come from? Do you know such a simple little thing? Yeah,
13: yeah. It is, simple yeah. Yeah, it's lovely. It's important to have things like that. You know,
5: yeah. all the details are on uh, your website. Give us, give us that in it.
13: Yeah, for sure. So our our full brochure is on the website and our events are listed there as well. So if you just go on to com, you'll see it there and everything's nice and listed. And as I said, now it's over 64 events. so <laughs> There's something for everyone. Do and it's over 31 days of August and it's all over Cork County and city. So you might have something locally to you.
5: Excellent. Good luck with that, and have a very successful event across the month of August. Enid Conway, she's Operating manager with Cork Craft and Design. They run Cork Craft Month, August of 2022. Just put in Cork Craft Month, and all the dates will come up, and there will be something there for everybody. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. I heard this is Kian. Hi Keen. I heard your program there about the housing crisis. I am a full time, hard working truck mechanic. My girlfriend is seven months pregnant and hardworking still as a counter-assistant in a deli. We can't get a house. We're willing to rent to the cost of 1200 a month. We can't even find anything like that in the city or county. If you can put this out there for us, we'd be forever grateful. That's from Cian and Danielle.
3: Can we just talk? The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Call us now, 0818 96 96 96.
5: On Courts 96 FM. Yeah, has anyone seen those collection points at or been asked to give to a charity when you're paying for whatever you're paying for? And what do you feel about it? I mentioned the, the church tap, the tap collection back at the church. There's a few of them around, but I, it was a new one on me. I haven't come across it before, but someone said that they were recently doing their bit of shopping and the shopping, of course, has gone up. Ridiculously so. And when they got to the till and they were paying up their bill, they were asked if they'd like to contribute to XYZ charity. And they were barely struggling for the bill and they felt, well, actually, you know, what? charity should be your own business and you should do it not so much at the invitation of a shop but you should be doing it in your own way in your own time your thoughts are welcome at 0818 96 96 96. PJ can you get behind our two Cork Camogie teams heading to Croke Park Sunday ask everyone to get their colours out and fly the red and white for our great teams playing Galway and Kilkenny Rebels aboo, and thanks and fair juice to Blackpool Shopping Centre all kitted out in flags for it We'll mention it again before the week is out. 0818 96 96. 96. Now, if the bottom falls out of your world um, and you're faced with uh, the main earner in the house having suddenly no job, um, um, what do you do? You could, you could panic. You could, you could lose it. Or you could, I say, well, force yourself to rethink, take stock, relaunch... And when you do that, what guarantee have you got that it's all going to work out? That is where Judith Cuff and her husband found themselves a number of years ago. Judith has just published her first printed book. She's written three or four of them online up to now. But before we get to the book, uh, Judith, I want to talk about your story, which is quite fascinating. Your husband worked in banking. And and you had mm-hmm. quite a good work, quite a good job yourself, and yep. it all went very pear shaped, very yes. quickly.
14: <laughs> good morning. Quickly. Yeah, go. How are you, Peter? Thanks so much for having me. Um yeah, it was four years ago. Um, you know, life was ticking along. Um, we had three children, um, and just very suddenly, um, as often happens with big life changes life changed and we found ourselves um you know in a situation where um he was without a job as the main earner um and i was kind of between positions at that stage and um all of a sudden we had to very much take stock and rethink what we wanted to do with our lives Mm. and it was almost by accident that that he fell into doing what he is doing now which is gardening which is a big a big uh diverse from He, he went
5: from banking to gardening. Talk talk yes, me through that.
14: Numbers to weeds. Talk me <laughs> and, through that one. Well, do you know what? He's just always been an outdoors guy. And it's funny, you know, um you know, when you're grown up and you, you, you're asked what you want to do with your life and you don't really know. And you, you, th- what makes sense is that the good pensionable job, you know, and that's that's what we're what a lot of us are conditioned to believe. And that's OK as well. It is probably the, the, the choice that makes sense. Um. so he ended up working in banking, um, but he has always had a love for outdoors. He's a huge sportsman um. You know, golfer, he played competitive rugby club level uh, until his, you know, mid 30s. He was one of the last ones on the pitch, you know, mm-hmm. he had to be pulled off. Mm-hmm. And um, so he was always an outdoors guy. And, and, and it was just something that we, he could pick up work doing very quickly. And that's what it boiled down to. It was like on a Thursday, it was like, OK, well, I need to have a job by Monday doing something you know, and pride wasn't, you do, there's not always room for pride and, you know, oh, I'll wait and I'll get a similar position in banking or an interview or I'll do this or I'll do that. He's very much a go-getter. And he said, you know, I need to have money and that's it. And so he started gardening and took a job with a guy and he fell in love with it and, and absolutely fell in love with it. And over that that summer, it was kind of towards the beginning of the summer, I began, um, we live in Enniscary in Wicklow. Mm. um. And, I was able, I had the capacity to to mind dogs, so I started to mind dogs mm. for people's holidays and, and and suddenly found out that there's such a need for uh, dog minders, yes. and um, we really worked. We worked the hardest we've ever worked those months, say six to seven months, uh, physical work, if you know what I mean, and it was such a lovely switch off from mm. mental work, it, it, you know, that, that we were suddenly just working hard, and we were falling into bed at night time, and we didn't really have time to think about what was next. Um, and then I remember it got to the point where he was interviewing at the same time and he was offered another job in banking or yeah. similar. And we sat down and he said, I don't want to do it. I, I don't want to go back to that life. It wasn't for me. It never was for me. And I want to stay and I want to do this. He said, I think I can make a go of it. And he did. And and you know what, stupidly, as some might say, it was the kind of thing I remember being terrified to tell my parents because you know, as you might get that, you know, the opinions of others. And we just said, No, let's do this, let's do what we want to do, let's choose happiness over mm. success and money, and um hopefully if you're happy, the rest will follow. Yeah.
5: Um and that's
14: that's how it happened.
5: <laughs> and then you had always Harboured this yeah. notion that you might want to I write. I had,
14: yeah, I really had. And you know, from a point of, I remember when I was in school, I we used to get the English essay. I remember on a Friday evening, you know, you'd go home and you'd be. Everyone else would be in the locker room and they'd be saying, "Oh no," and I would be thinking, "I love this part." You know, so <laughs> I always loved writing. And um, I had, I remember saying to my husband when I was just, we were married quite young, twenty-five. We had our first child at twenty-six, and. I said to him then, I said, I really want to write a book. I really, really, really want to do it. And then I didn't obviously realize how busy um, parenting <laughs> is. Yeah. And uh, it, t- it took a backseat. My dream took a back seat. So, you know, he, I suppose in a way he really inspired me by following his heart that I suddenly went, do you know what? Maybe now while I'm running these kennels um, with the dogs, I'll have that time in the morning where I can come into the house. And, you know, after I've walked them and taken care of them, I can have a few hours and I can see where this goes mm. um and I did and I just I really forced myself to make it my routine to, to, to you know so I heard somebody say once that it actually takes three weeks to establish a routine and um I, I said I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this and I'm just gonna write every single day like like a work like a job even mm. though it wasn't a job per se and I made it my job and it became my job and um And and it happened very like not like yes, it was a huge push and I have worked so hard for it. But it happened quite naturally that as the line I say to people is I wrote myself into a writer. Um and that's where I am now and it's just it's the greatest passion of my life, other than my family. Um but it's the greatest passion of my life and I found that, you know, in my forties and and I love that as well because it was a surprise, you know, it was like oh This is great.
5: They say there's a book in every one. um, Yes, and there is. And you decided to find (laughs) your one, and you're now on the fifth. Now, this is a different one because this is the first one that you'll actually hold in your hand as a paper copy. How does that feel? Yes,
14: it is. Oh, it's just lovely. It's just, I mean, I'm probably going into far too many bookshops and just standing back and looking at on the at the, on the shelf they're probably wondering who is this person um but it's just lovely because it was always you know as i always say i i i sat down I had i had three goals in my mind with writing and getting the book on or one of my books on bookshelves was one of my big goals and that's ticked now um and it's just a lovely feeling it's a really mm. you know I feel really proud of myself if you're allowed yeah. to say that. We often Absolute. don't change our own. No, no,
5: no, absolutely. You should. You should because you always believed that you could write and then you just said, well, damn it, let's write. And here it is. You're holding your whole new yeah. book in your hand. The book that's just out now is called Unfollow Me. It's a kind of a social yeah. media based book. Tell us a bit about it.
14: That's right. Well, um when I began writing and when I began my journey, I decided whether it was wise or not i don 't know uh, to share um my journey on social media and to talk about it to talk about following a dream and to talk about you know the stages or how much work it takes to get there and Actually, what I found online like i don 't have a massive following on social media, but you know of a couple of thousand people now, and I really found a community and, and 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 people i've never met, and they just really got behind me, and I found that just so humbling that there's people out there who cared about what I was doing and maybe were taking some sort of inspiration from it and then I suppose I started to think about the other side of social media because you hear so much negativity about mm-hmm. it and um, so I started to delve into the darker side and and you know um, the kind of the people who have bigger followings and, and influencers as, as, the, as we call them or content creators and you know they get such a bad rap about things sometimes and I think it's because you know we're watching them they become very familiar to us like the way you know, someone in a magazine or on the TV because it's media after all, mm. and they become so familiar to us. We think we know them, and we think and we expect more from them than, than actually what what they're what they're prepared to give or what they're talking about. So you know, a lot of the times, they're speaking about very um, you know things like fashion or makeup or beauty, and suddenly we expect them to have to be an authority on everything and to put you know to have everything sorted in their own lives.
5: Mm, no, so they sent. get a
14: bad rap and. Set, yeah. Your so central uh, character
5: is Eve. Uh, yes,
14: that's hoo, right. And hoo, hoo. she has a page called Believe. Um, and she's just, and she's kind of an unlikely person to, to be on social media because she's quite shy and she's quite reserved. And um, she also has a big backstory. And I suppose I wanted to write about the idea that not everyone on social media um, or who we follow, you know, some of them fell into it by accident. Mm-hmm. And... um that that we shouldn't expect them to be perfect people. Yeah, yeah. So that's the, That's the premise of the book. Uh, but there's a big, yeah. big thrill, big thriller in there as well. Right, I hope. Right, I
5: got a sense <laughs> of that. All right, <laughs> Judith. Listen, yeah. I I can't wait to actually read it. And can people get your your other books um, online? Yep,
14: they're all they're all still on Amazon. Um, and you know, you never know. Someday they might make it into bookshops as well. But for you now, it's pop, in um, bookshops. You can pop them on and um, follow, follow me the and for. the others. Yeah. yeah and the others are on Amazon you can put them on the Kindle or you can down or you can buy, actually buy a hard copy of it as well. Um, so yeah so well, that's
5: good it. good luck good luck with it. Good good luck with the Thank book you so and much, good luck PJ. with everything else and good luck with the husband's gardening business. Are the dog kennels Thank still open? So
14: no. I, I, I do you know what I got too busy for them and like I felt too guilty. Been down here writing, so um, we we closed them. But look, it's a, it's always something that we could we have to go back to if we ever need to or want to, and that's a, a nice comfort
5: factor. And you know, the happiness. You talk, you've talked about you know existing on a very cheap ha- bottle of plunk on a yeah. Friday night when things weren't great. Now, now you can afford <laughs> yeah, slightly more burn. expensive plunk. <laughs> Do you know what? The, Not the, that the much, PJ. You the, wouldn't. <laughs> the total change. The total change of lifestyle. Would you recommend?
14: Yeah. yeah, I would. Yeah, you know what? I just think, you know, life is short. Um, it can be taken away from us very fast. And I think just go after what you like. Go do what you do. If you want, if you harbour that you want to do something, do it. Find a way and do it and just try. All
5: right. That's great. And
14: I think if you never give up, you can't fail. And that's it.
5: That's great. Judith, thank you. 0818... Ninety six, ninety six, ninety six. good luck with the book Judith Cuff, the book is called Unfollow Me but her backstory is fascinating and her attitude there to just doing something I was reminded while I was away, uh, an anniversary came up of one of the great characters of radio here and around the world, the great Tony Allen, or Doris as we used to know him affectionately, shall we say and his attitude was, just do it just go and do it I like that attitude. Speaking of books, actually, while I was away, I read. It's what I do. It's what I do on holidays. I read. I eat books. And my Kindle was bursting uh, when I went away. There's still a few left to get to. I read two Shane Dunphy books. Um, I had Shane on here the day before we went away. I read two Harlan Coben books. I strongly recommend his latest one. Uh, The match. I read two books by Patricia Gibney of the Lottie Parker series. There's about 11 or 12 of them now and you can read them out of sequence or in sequence whichever you wish. They're brilliant and I read Michelle Dunn's latest, uh, The Invisible and I'm delighted and we'll talk more about this in the weeks to come. I'm going to be with Michelle uh, at the weekend of the 1st and 2nd, 3rd and 4th of September for the Spike Island Literary Festival First Spike Island Literary Festival Michelle has asked me uh, to host a couple of events down there and I am thrilled and honoured to be doing so but I read The Invisible while I was away and we have got some incredible writing talent in Cork I've been saying it for a long time marvellous writing talent in Ireland but some really special writing talent in Cork And if I can remind you, if you are heading away on your hollybobs, bobs, can I recommend to you to pick up just a cork book. I'm um, joined by Sarah O'Connor, PRO of Cove People's Regatta. Hi, Sarah.
15: Good morning, PJ. How are you?
5: Good. Good to speak with you. It is the last of the season. Is, it lo- is that locally or across the country or what?
15: I would presume it's uh, locally, PJ. Um, I do know there has have been other regattas on in the last few weeks. I've seen them myself, mm-hmm. but I would presume it's locally here. Yeah, Cove, the Cove people's regatta is one of the oldest regattas in the world, as you know yourself. Mm-hmm. And we have a huge tradition on the water. You know, with all the racing and stuff on the water, and you know, the regatta in Cove, everyone sees it as the end of the summer. And you know, we have the big huge fireworks display on the Sunday night, and everybody comes down for that.
5: Yeah, cause you've got so the, just, the, the perfect vantage yeah. point to really to stand and, and watch it it's all you. happening out on mm-hmm. the water. So, what's the, what's the program? When does it start? What what, what are the big events?
15: Okay, it's starting next Friday evening and so it's the 12th, 13th and 14th August and it's starting on Friday evening in the Commodore Hotel in the Jack Doyle Room where we have like Sinead Shepherd with all her dancers coming in and we have a disco, everybody is invited and then on Saturday, it really kicks off on Saturday we have the markets in the promenade we have live music then we have the kiddies parade that comes through the town we have the Bonnie Baby, the Mini Queen the pretty... Princess, handsome prince. Right. We have loads fancy dress. They all, all the winners. Then they get like little prizes, a little sash and a little trophy. Yeah. Everyone is invited. It's a family fun weekend. It's free. All the kids are invited. We have three fantastic bands on the stage in Casement Square on Saturday evening. And um, we have. Talassa, they're a local band. We have the Hollies, and we have Punches Pilot and the Nail Drivers. Yeah, they're so Saturday back on the road night again.
5: they're brilliant. They're, I, I, yeah, I would read your They're list.
15: outstanding.
5: I, I, they mm. are going to be supporting. Bad Manners are coming to Cork uh, towards near nearer to Christmas, and Punches Pilot and Nail Drivers are support. These guys are brilliant. Absolutely,
15: <laughs> they are
6: outstanding.
5: And the, and the name mm-hmm. is the best of all time. In fairness,
15: brilliant. It's fantastic, isn't it? What a catchy name! It's brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> and on the Sunday then. Again, we have the markets in the promenade. We have the crab fishing. We have a marching band coming from Tipperary. They've come a few times to us in the past. There's 200 of them and they'll march through the town. They're called Bannacluna Mela. They kind of, they march, they're a marching band, but they actually stop and do a performance to music. So it's actually fantastic. It's really eye-catching. And again, on the Sunday evening, like we've all the, you know, the trawler races, everything on the water. We have the duck race and we have on Sunday night brilliant bands and again we have um uh, we have the headline act in the promenade is Sparkle everyone knows Sparkle, they ah, are fantastic they yeah. fabulous, yeah Jen and Caroline they're brilliant, they're fabulous, so they're yeah. headlining in the promenade yeah. and we also have the second stage over in the square and we have the stars, Gemma and the Jets, we have absolutely fantastic that's, bands over the weekend that's great,
5: that's a really feast, yeah. no, you mentioned earlier actually uh, Sinead Shepherd. Uh, people might yeah. remember Sinead I know she, she is or was a county councillor but before, she was in six and they well, had that's right. she'd kill me for reminding people and they had a whole lot of love going on a whole lot of love yeah, yeah.
15: yeah i remember it i actually bought the tape at the time oh my god but, i will tell you now. You know,
5: that was the third best selling record in the history of the irish charts
15: It's so catchy. It was actually really good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sinead is still going
5: strong. She's still been known to bang out a verse of it too if you push her a bit. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
6: Listen, have a great,
5: have a great weekend. There's so much to do in Cove People's Regatta. Weekend of twelfth, thirteenth, and fourteenth of August. Good luck to everybody involved in that. And here's hoping the weather will be good. It's the weekend after next. Thank you to Sarah O'Connor who is their pro. And that I think is it. It's been fun being back. The programme edited by Fergal Barry, produced and researched by Richard Vickery. Talk to you tomorrow just after nine.
2: Oldies and Irish on Corks ninety six FM is the big Sunday show on your radio. Big, big, big. Turn it up and take it easy with the best music mix for your Sunday morning. morning. Welcome along to the program. Lovely to be with you on a Sunday morning. Oldies and Irish with Derry O'Callaghan. Sundays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. With Hidden Hearing. Tuning you in so you don't miss a thing. And we've been doing it for over 30 years. Hiddenhearing.ie Quark's 96 FM.